What's new listeners? I'm Archer Howell, the host of Two Cents Critic. If you are in the mood for reviews of books, movies, and TV shows, then join in. Now this is quite the celebratory time because this is the first episode of the Two Cents Critic Merry Month. Yes, we're focusing on holiday media for the next four weeks, despite the fact that I'm fairly grinchy, and I know that one of my guests today is quite the grinch herself. Probably even more grinchy, yes, yes. Today, we're kicking things off by covering 2015 Christmas horror comedy flick, Krampus. And joining us for that discussion are Jared and Misty Rose, who I've had on the show a few times before, are good friends, and now they're back on. Say hello, you troubled on pair. Hello, hello. I want it to be noted that I am, I am not the Grinch out of the two guests. Hello. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, yes. How are you feeling, you two? Thanks for coming back on. This is like the only way you could convince me to do a Christmas episode, honestly. <laughs> so there's that. See, I'm down for Christmas movies as long as they're horror. If there's no blood, then what's the point? Yeah, I remember when you when you first had me on the podcast and you made me do one for the Santa Claus? I'll never <laughs> forgive you for that. Ever. I never wanted to watch that in my life. Well, in that case, that was at a bit of an emergency because my other friend had to drop out an emergency. And uh, I got you back on for an emergency. Now, in this case, though, it was not an emergency. I chose to ask you. And, uh, you know, Krampus was a... What's a pick? Should we all agreed on this time, you know? Christmas horror comedy. And to introduce listeners to you two, in case you haven't listened to previous episodes of this before, I would say that Jared's Letterboxd Top 4 is Killer Sounds from Outer, Killer Sounds from Outer Space. Why are you I don't know why. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> it's just... It's just hilarious to, to hear that. It's just out of context. <laughs> yes, my number one is Killer Clowns Always. I did a 31-day yes. horror marathon this year yes. where I watched just that movie 31 times <laughs> in a row. Oh, my goodness. I actually, I actually brought I it up. I can't get enough. On a, on a podcast, I did a Robin on She's All Dad. That was brought up. Yes, quite a challenge. <laughs> so, yes, Killer nice. Clowns and then Rocky Horror Picture Show. Beetlejuice, and Phantom of the Paradise. That's Jared Top 4. Which is yes, a very yes. new addition, yes. Sexy. And then Misty's Top 4 in the box is Shrek. Sucks, and we're not going to talk about it. No, <gasps> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> we have, for those tuning in for the first time, me and Misty are known for our <laughs> toxic banter with each other. <laughs> yes, maybe get, get some contact for any listeners yeah, who haven't listened to your previous <laughs> mischievous podcast. But yes, Misty's top one. As mischievous as the Krampus minions. Yeah. Shrek 2, also Beetlejuice, like Jared, and Shout Play 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I actually saw that as part of my Spooktober list. Quite a fun movie. Shout Play 2. Yes. Of course it is. Very. Oh, but now, I've introduced you two, and I think the listeners have a good sense of your energy, so let's dive into our general thoughts, not quite yet general thoughts on Krampus, because I do have a bit of trivia to, to deliver. This was directed by Michael Doherty, who also directed 
trick or treat. Godzilla, Kong of the Monsters. Uh, I said, I said Kong of the Monsters. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And the upcoming trick or treat sequel also has writing credits for Urban Legends, Bloody Mary, X2, Superman Returns, X Men Apocalypse, and Godzilla vs Kong. I'm sorry, he directed Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yes, yes, that's correct. How did I not know this? That's the one. That's Sneaky. the one that I haven't watched from like oh. the three new ones. Oh my god! Oh. I'm so sorry, Michael. So I can't sorry. remember if that was the one I liked or not. I... <laughs> I've watched all those movies, and there was like two that I was like, "Oh yeah, these are good." But yeah. the rest, I was like, mm. "I've heard that one's like the most." <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that yet. King of Monsters or Godzilla vs Kong with an amateur agent because that's got Rebecca Hall, and I absolutely love me some Rebecca Hall. But I do know that I liked. Soul okay, Man. I was gonna see. I was gonna. I was gonna point that out because I did watch that, and I remember having some fun with it. Not some groundbreaking, but I had some fun with it, and it did give that meme of that guy just yeah. stupidly sacrificing himself. That those stick leg creature things. That whole thing is that in that one? Or oh, am I thinking of you're, you're thinking of uh, Skull Island, right? With uh, lizards, the big lizards, and also the yes. bamboo spiders. Yeah, the bamboo spiders. Those things rule. Oh, I love those. Oh, I I did love I did love them. Genuinely, yeah. So that was good creature design right there. Vlad the Impaler but... taking notes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this was also written by Michael Doherty, Todd Casey, and Zach Shields. <laughs> now a Todd Casey also has writing credits for Green Lantern and Rose Knights and a Trash Truck Christmas, which is a Christmas special for the animated Netflix series Trash Truck, which I've never seen before. And Zach Shields' Ready credits are Godzilla, King of Monsters, and Godzilla vs. Kong. The budget for Krampus was $15 million. At the box office, domestically, it grossed $42.7 million, and then $18.8 million internationally, and then made for a worldwide total of $61.5 million, which is quite good against the $15 million budget. And Krampus Day is on December 5th. So this film was actually set to release originally on November 25th, but was pushed back to December 4th to try to coincide with that holiday, which is funny because it's like, I mean, I feel like that's not something a lot of people know. So it's like you're pushing it back for holidays not even a lot of people know. I certainly didn't know it until I looked it up after watching the movie. It's just a funny little detail. <laughs> I feel like I remember that being kind of part of the marketing. And then I remember being oh. online and watching, I used to watch it every year. I've kind of fallen off, but I would watch it every year, and all my online mutuals would be like, "No, I'm watching it tomorrow because it's Krampus Day," and I'm like, "Watch it now because it came out today." And it was like a whole, a whole thing. <laughs> oh, oh dear, oh dear. And for anyone who doesn't even know what Krampus is, basically, he's this half goat, half demon being who is, you know, kind of like a oh. Like not a, not a Santa esque figure. It's just that he you know he punishes the naughty children, and and more graphic versions of his folklore. He'll take his sack and drown kids in it. Maybe he'll eat some kids. Maybe he'll haul them off to hell. He does you know grim things he'll like that. Stuff them in the sack and slam them up against a tree. Jason Voorhees. <laughs> more graphic. Graphic. Graphic version. He's the shadow yeah. of Santa Claus. <laughs> There's a wee little kitties. But yes, that is what I have to say about Krampus initially. So let's get into our general thoughts and feelings, not spoilery, of course, on the movie. So, 
Misty, let's kick off with you first. What do you think of Krampus? I, I like it quite a bit. I forgot to actually log it <laughs> last night. But for me, oh. it's, it's, it's so fun. I- I was wondering. I, I was wondering why I you didn't like it. Because I was really, really tired and I passed out like right after. But uh, so I, I really do like it. The thing is that I, I watched it. That was one of those situations where I really wanted to go see it in theaters, but no one would take me. So I had to wait to watch it at home, and it was a. Uh, I don't think it was a good quality version of it that much so it was a, it was a situation where i liked it but i don't even think i finished it the first time because stuff happened and i but so but i mean i i again i had the same situation yesterday where i just it peacock it's only on peacock premium but i do not have peacock premium anymore so it sucks i don't have this movie because i really like it and i would have watched it more times honestly if i owned it because it's fun is fun and it's it's very devious because I hate Christmas <laughs> and it's a very good example of why one of the things that I hate about it <laughs> being forced to is this whole sentiment of being forced to be around these people even though you don't really talk to them much throughout the rest of the year but it's like you have to do it because it's Christmas <laughs> and it's like they're terrible. <laughs> bad things happen to them and I enjoy that (laughs) oh my goodness well that's good to hear from you and there is see it's interesting because this was this came out this was when I was like first really getting into film because like of course I watched movies but I wasn't like oh my god I need to see everything and this is what I want to do and I'm going to be in film school and like this was like very one of the first things that got me into that. And this was also right after I had just watched Parks and Rec for the first time. So, and Adam oh. Scott's character was my favorite in that. So when I heard, here's a horror movie that has practical effects and has Adam Scott, I was like, scold, say no more. 13 year old me dragged my whole family out to the theater. <laughs> we saw it um, on opening day and I've, I loved it. And I've I've tried to watch it every year since. I've kind of, like I said earlier, kind of fallen off. But yeah, it's fun. It's great fun. Very nice. Very nice. So sweet. Oh my God. (laughs) I know. 13 year old Jared. Oh my God. Feel old yet? (laughs) I was in high school already, my man. (laughs) Oh. It's funny, you know, we've talked about your silent self back on the. Love mm, Simon mm-hmm. episode. I remember that. Oh, that's funny. Oh, imagine a little, a little Jared. I still had. Wait, did I? I may not have. No, I. I think I still had braces when I saw this in theaters. Oh, use, use. Wow, Krampus. Yes, I really did have a good time with this. My first time watching it specifically for the podcast, and I, I haven't even really seen much Christmas horror mm. actually. So it's nice to dive into more of this, and and like. But this movie, it really shouldn't have been this good. It didn't have to be this good. But it is. Like, it is just, it, it has a nice blend of the laughs and the terror. Not like it's the most a scary thing I've ever seen. But still, you know, it gets me scared. It gets me worried about the family. And it presents, it presents a family that I actually get quite invested in. And I care about them as they're facing off against Krampus and its minions. And I love the cast. Like, this cast is full of 
some character actors. <laughs> you know, you've got like, Adam Scott popping up. You've got Tony Collette Mother. popping up in here. Conchata <laughs> Farrell. Ugh, I love her. Yes, you got you got her, David David Koshner, uh, Addison Tolman. It's funny because actually Addison Tolman, like I've seen her, when, whenever I've seen her, and it's, it's usually in very small roles. So like for example, there's one movie, The Gift, with uh, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, not Rebecca, not, not Rebecca Ferguson, Rebecca Hall. I love that movie. It's good. Yes, yes, that movie. Yes, and Joel Edgerton and Jason Bateman, and I actually covered that on the podcast previously. She has a small role in that, and then I also saw a horror short film called Return to Sender. Also, uh, that, that starred Addison Tolman. Other than that, I haven't really seen her in much stuff. I know that she was in Vago, the TV show. It also has, um, I don't know if they're even credited. I wonder if you guys know. Do you know who voices the gingerbread men? <laughs> yes, yes. I do know that. Miss E.T. No? One gingerbread man is voiced by, they, they all have different voice actors, which is interesting. One of them is voiced by Breen Burns, who is uh, like Federator animation, like Invader Zim. One of them is voiced yeah. by Seth Green. <laughs> and this would have been yeah, a more yeah. fun fact a few years ago, but not so much now. But the third one is voiced by Justin yeah. Roiland. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, shit. It's appropriate, like, but like... Uh, like barely uh, post Rick and Morty Justin Roiland's like first season. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was just double checking the names. Yes, Clumpy, that's Clumpy, that's mm-hmm. Roiland. Lumpy is Green, and then Dumpy is Burn. <laughs> I like their names. <laughs> I, I'm Dumpy. <laughs> Big old Dumpy. <laughs> dumpy. <laughs> oh, but so the cast, and even the kid actors. Like, I, I like the kid actors yes. in this. You know, sometimes child actors can annoy me, but these child actors do a good job. They're not cringy. I, I think sometimes the two, David Keckner is it Keckner Kochner? Keckner I think. Ke- I think it's Keckner Oh, I, I, thought, I thought it was Kochner. I think I've heard it Keckner yeah. Yeah, that's how I've heard it pronounced. But um, oh, okay. Okay. I will so say Kechner, David Keckner's two kids sometimes tread that line for me where I'm like, okay, kid, I want you. I just get stolen already <laughs> by the Krampus minions, They're please. They're freaking dicks. <laughs> they are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, those kids? Like, yeah. Yeah. Howie Jr., Jordan, Stevie. Yeah. They're, they're little assholes. But in general, I'm into the family. I care about them. And the creature design. I'm into the creature designs. Yeah. So just even like just how this movie looks. I really like the look, the set design, the lighting. I like how in the darker scenes, I don't have to squint at what's happening. The lighting is well handled. <clears throat> Cocaine bear. <clears throat> I mean, look, I'll support the cocaine bear criticism in that third act. I mean, I mean that, so was, that was that was dark. So, for me. I can't see it. Anyway. Was, yeah, it was damn too damn for me, but. But the lighting is not like that in Krampus, thankfully. In general, yeah, it looks good, especially for a movie that, again, has a $15 million budget. I do wish this could have been more satisfying, more vicious with the kills. Which, I mean, granted the movie is PG-13, mm-hmm. but I still think you could have gone more violent. Just something more and satisfying, even with a PG-13 rating. It's a little funny, because I watched the naughty cut this time. I watched yeah, it a couple did, yeah. times. I don't know what it is with me and like extended director's cut. I can't tell the difference for shit. <laughs> I saw 
I watched the Doctor Sleep director's cut, which is like 30 minutes longer, still had no idea what was new. (laughs) No, no, disgraceful. Okay, disgraceful. Okay, Jared. Now that you say that, maybe I'm not trusting no! you as much. I just, no! I don't know. The, the naughty, naughty Cut came out and they were like, oh, it's got more gore, but I don't see it. This is a very different know. situation from Dr. Sleep. You asshole. There are literal entire new scenes. How do you not know that? Like, Because oh! I watched it a couple years after I originally saw it. And also, I don't know. I just I only watched notice. it twice. And then I watched the, the director's cut. And I was like, oh, this is new. Because I, I, I love that movie. So I, I knew, man. I knew. I still need to. You know what? I still need to want. I still need to watch Doctor Sleep. That's been day <gasps> very recently. Arthur, that's a good. That's a good Christmassy one, I'd say. Oh really? no, it's not. Yes, towards no. the end, they literally. Yes, they go back to the hedge maze, and it's like all snowy. It's Darling, cozy. yeah, but it's, it's, it's fucking Colorado in winter. That's not Christmas, Interesting. though. Interesting. That's cr- literally Christmas. No, it's I'm, not. Y'all bitches already the, have snow right now. The color- then you can shut your oh, mouth. It's oh, Christmas. <laughs> freaking dicks already have snow at the moment. And it's not even December. We, so don't, sh- we don't have much snow. We had snow up. for like a day. Well, Yeah, well, where is the fucking okay, well, in the mountains? Is this, is this kind of like, would you compare it to Eyes Wide Shut kind of Christmas atmosphere? The snow. I have not seen it, so no comment. But there is. I mean, well, now I'm yelling. There, you gotta see Eyes Wide Shut. That is fantastic. See, I don't think a movie has to explicitly be in Christmas for it to be a Christmas movie, as long as it's got the vibes. God damn you, man! And Shut what up. are the vibes? Snow. What does Doctor Sleep have? Snow. Yeah, the, the very freaking ending of it. Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut does take place at Christmas, and even just like atmospheric, the Eyes Wide Shut has like the lighting, the cinematography, the snow. It's it's very Christmassy. I love that movie. I gave it a full five stars when I saw it last year. Okay, well then here, watch watch the first two thirds of Doctor Sleep in the summer, and then wait for the winter and watch this last third. <laughs> there you go. Um, Jared, what a suggestion! Oh, she sat in mind. I mean, I, not I mean, if you're going by that logic, The Shining is also a Christmas movie, so you need sure. to. Sure. Shush, man. Sure. Okay. It literally well, is. Okay. They're literally. That... He's watching the hotel over the winter break. I wouldn't go that far, though. I wouldn't. No, no. But... I. Yeah, I would. Mm. Well. Oh well. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. <laughs> Fine. Misery. There you go. There's your Stephen King winter movie. Sure. Christmassy sure. Movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll pass that. <sighs> uh, I'm glad we've come to a consensus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then going back to Krampus. No, let's just talk Stephen King now. So there is, there is. we'll be talking plenty of Stephen King when we eventually do our podcast, guys. Okay? Yes, yes, yes. yes. But I do want to also point out the score by Douglas Pipes. Now, I actually didn't really, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really notice it much when I was watching the movie. But then I listened to the podcast that Horror Queers did on Krampus afterwards, and they, and one of the hosts pointed out how much he loves the score. And then reflecting on it, I was like, oh yeah, that's actually a pretty good score. I feel like it also it does a good job of setting up the vibe. It's got some Christmas music. I think it also has the Bavarian music, the pipes thrown in there too, mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. like that. So it, it helps set up the atmosphere further. There's like a bit of a choir too. The choir, yeah. At yes. some point, so like a bit of a Christmas caroler. Yes. Well, I mean, the credits. Don't forget the credits at the end. You know, Kramp- yep. Krampus, Carol of the Bell. That, that was a great song. I did love that. Mm-hmm. With a K, Carol with a K. Oh, also, 
I was gonna give this four stars originally because I gave it four and a half in another box. I was gonna give it four stars when it reached the ending. I was like, eh, it's like the ending is fine, whatever, whatever. But then it heads in a certain direction, and I was like, oh, I'm bumping this up half a star. <laughs> it's funny when that when I saw that in theaters when that happened, like the first twist. There's there's kind of two twists, but when the first twist happens, it was dead silent in my theater, and just one guy just went, what the. F- fuck like <laughs> like angrily like seriously they're doing this god uh yes yes but i feel like we've given a lot, a lot of thoughts on krampus which by the way is only an hour and a half so i love that as well very good very good keep it tight mm-hmm. very tight and now but we have offered a lot of thoughts and feelings on krampus along with whether or not dr sleep qualifies as a christmas movie I think we can cycle onwards to the wind-up score. This is a part of the podcast where we each give a score that ranges from 0 to 100 to express our feelings on the media we're talking about. So, Jared, what is your hmm. wind-up score? Hmm, I'm not good at out of 100. <laughs> I'm, good at, oh. out, I'm good at out of fives, maybe, but hundreds is like, because you can get real in, in the weeds with that. Hmm. I would say maybe like in a strong 85, 88, because it's very good. It's very fun. There are elements that I wish would be a little better or executed better. But overall, I mean, if you're going to watch a Christmas horror movie that is fun, because people will say Black Christmas, but that is absolutely not for everybody. (laughs) That's that's a very like slow old-timey slasher like people not everybody's gonna love that but if you throw on krampus i feel like at least the majority of the room will be cheering like yeah but yeah i do have minor minor issues with it so it can't be a full 100 but it's a very very strong 88 like the the snowmen is such a cool idea of these snowmen that just appear out of nowhere but they don't really do anything with that they kind of hint at what it really is but they don't if they had leaned more into some of that stuff i would have been fully on board and that ending that first twist i get what they're going for but you like come on (laughs) yeah yeah all right so that's your mind of score jared and now for you misty i mean i was gonna give it i was gonna give it a four like, when I was going to log it, actually, I was going to give it a 4 out of 5. Because, like, I absolutely, like, really do love it. It's just, I don't know. There's just, uh, I feel like the whole thing of, like, oh, he, he lost his he lost his spirit, obviously. But I feel like it would be more targeted towards Max from the very beginning. I just don't understand, like, how I, it, the whole damn town was sort of, like, terrorized by that. Because I don't remember that as part of the... The grandma story of like mentioning that other people were also affected by it i think it was like i don't know why literally the entire day again why the entire town is being yeah. tormented by this being yeah. when it's like is this kid's fault why isn't he going directly after the kid first and yet it's like everybody else but misty wait so what wait so what you want to score again what do you say oh like mine was like a four or four and five uh okay. stars which would translate um, to maybe he said out of a hundred yeah <laughs> uh, I know, but it's like, I guess 80 out of 100, sure. Okay, okay. Not too far off from me. I'll let it slide. <laughs> uh, well, 
my final score, I'm going to go with 87 out of 100. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I just really had some fun with this movie. Aside from, you know, the kills could have been better. Maybe flesh out a few character beats. You could have flesh out some, a few character beats here and there. But otherwise, this is a strong movie. Again, far better than it has any right to be. This could have been such trash. And also kind of funny because there are other Krampus movies out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> not like this. You know, they're not, they're not just policy. They're like, you know... Arthur, <laughs> Arthur. Next year we have to do a, a Krampus marathon podcast se- season where we watch all the Krampus movies. I saw them when I was uh, looking up this one to watch it. I saw all the other related ones. I was like, "What the fuck?" I saw those because after I saw Krampus in theaters, I wanted to watch it on on demand. But I was a dumb thirteen-year-old kid who didn't realize that not everything comes to on demand right away. So I would be searching for Krampus, hoping that it would be there finally and then just see all that schlock and be like ah! yep yes yes krampus the christmas devil krampus the reckoning M- mother mother krampus yeah i saw that one mother flood mother lake krampus yeah M- mother krampus too sleigh ride as an s-l-a-y Oh, hell yeah. Whatever that, there's one that's like versus Santa or something, and I've heard that that one's actually pretty good. Or like Christmas <laughs> Horror Tales or some, I, I can't remember. I see, there's I, one. See, I see Bigfoot versus Krampus. Oh my god, what? <laughs> Bigfoot. What kind of combo is that? So, it would have to be the Yeti, at least the Yeti, man. Yes. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> also, oh, uh, not, so not just gonna... Mother Krampus. There's also Sister Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Brother Krampus? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, Krampus, the Devil Returns. I love that you guys like. I, I have to mention this because I mentioned it in the in the chat last night, but <laughs> I haven't really said it because, like, when I when I say his name, I say it like the grandma. I say Krampus because, like, it's just Krampus. it's just so formal, and I love how it sounds. <laughs> I do that when I'm feeling quirky about it. I'll be like Krampus. No, that's just always how I hear but it. Krampus, like <laughs> Krampusy. Krampus. Oh God! Let me see that Krampusy. Do you all remember that trend? Oh Jesus! <laughs> there was that trend that was like you just take a character and put Lucy at the end of their name, and it's like this. It was some app that would automatically do that, and Krampus was like the main one. Really? Would really? Do that <laughs> yeah. <it> yeah. <laughs> there was there was also Wendy from Wendy's. Oh. Let me see that Wendusy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my Fun time. I mean, that's still that's still a thing, but there's not an app for that really much anymore. But still yeah. oh my god! Wow, those are our wind up scores for Krampus. And now let's get into the plot breakdown. So, listeners, if you have not seen the movie, you might want to pause the podcast, go see it. But if you have seen it already, or you haven't, but you're okay with spoilers, then you can stay right here. And, okay, we open with frosty versions of Universal and Legendary opening title cards, snow and ice everywhere. I love me some custom title cards. You need to bring that back so bad. I do. <laughs> I Make it, it creative. Like a, like a DreamWorks. Man. Remember when DreamWorks used to have the custom oh. cards? I totally replaced it with that one DreamWorks universe thing. <laughs> They're not going to do that 
anymore and it breaks my heart. I know. <laughs> let's, let's, just, let's just go through all of the DreamWorks properties instead. Instead of doing one thing that's yeah, custom. Yeah, great. Remind me of the minions before I have to watch this actually good Freaking movie. Boss Baby, man. Like, he's not <laughs> iconic. He's literally, like, Snob. I don't want to see him. Excuse me, but Boss Baby <laughs> is voiced by Alec Baldwin. So obviously he's iconic automatically. <laughs> I will say it is funny you do you you mention this because in the in the commentary they they said they wanted to get the old like seventies universal like intro thing but they wouldn't let them for some whatever stuff. that looks really cool okay. I like that I I guess because it wouldn't I can kind of see why it wouldn't make as much sense because it doesn't actually take place back in the day like they do it with the nice guys and Warner Brothers because that actually took place in the seventies so. I can kind of see it, but it's, come on. Yeah, it would have been fun. <laughs> uh, then, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas starts playing. As a whole storm of humans rage into the store to get gifts. A whole bunch of Black Friday energy. A couple guys taser customers. And let me tell you, when I, when I saw this, I was like, oh, I am locked in. Right from this opening scene. <laughs> it just delivers the, the Christmas comedy energy that I want. It's hilarious. I love how it's, it's edited. It's on in slow-mo. Someone gets whacked in the face with a skateboard. It's literally giving the South Park Black Friday trilogy vibes. It's just... just- terrible terrible human behavior it's like that's why i don't i don't venture out during those days and i don't i only worked a black friday once but apart from that i don't normally go shopping at that time oh my goodness <laughs> and it's it's ironic they they also had to film this out of the country because no location would let like no store location would let them film that because <laughs> they're like oh no we don't want to have this be portrayed in our store where this might actually happen. No. Oh, oh my goodness. I've only participated in Black Friday, I think, once or twice, like going at midnight. Uh, they, and, and let me, I, I should say, they were not like wild times for some reason. They were actually relatively nostalgic. Like people were still there, like there was still energy going around, but it was not like, holy shit, this is unbearable for some reason. I don't know how it happened. It was like at the mall. See, I imagine it to be like when I worked the National Cinema Day at the uh, movie theater because that was people were absolutely rabid. It's just yeah. a mess of people. It's just too many people in one yeah. tiny little place. Yeah. See, and like the, what some places do a good With job. Too few stock of items. No, yeah, it's like they do a good job, like sealing stuff off, like like letting only certain amount of people in the store. Like those are the best ones, but it's still like a mob of people outside. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> And then this scene, again, all the Black Friday energy, segues on over to then the characters, our main characters. We've got, so we've got Tom, played by Adam Scott, and then Sarah, played by Tony Collette. They rush in to this Christmas recital, breaking up a fight between a kid of theirs, their son, Max, played by MJ Anthony. And he's fighting this other kid as his sister, Beth, is recording it all. And it's like, yep, this is more of this Christmas energy than I expect. It's very Lilo and Stick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, the kids are fighting, brawling it out (laughs) on stage. And by the way, Stefania Lavi Owen is the one who plays Beth. And people who watched the Carrie Diaries would recognize her because she played Carrie's younger sister on that show. Do you remember the Carrie Diaries? I don't know if you ever watched that. 
No. I've never. I thought I. To be honest, up till this moment, I thought you said Drew Carey, and I was like, yep. <laughs> nope, nope. Carey <laughs> Diaries, as in, as in, as in Carey from uh, Sex and the City. Uh, no. Oh God, no! <laughs> and like, and, and like, it evolved around her teenage years, I think. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so we got all that trouble. So then we go back to the to the family household, to the to the Angle family household, and we basically we spend a few minutes here just establishing the family. Max expresses his frustration over the kid he was fighting with because apparently he was like, that joke is bad-mouthing Santa Claus and accusing him of being fake. And I feel like Max, I definitely got the energy that Max was, like, he kind of knows Santa isn't real, but he's still trying to believe in Santa to keep up with Christmas spirit. What do you think? It's like, I don't see him as, like, a kid that's, like, absolutely, like, oh, yeah, Santa's absolutely freaking real, owl. like, uh, the, the delusion is great. Like, no, because he asks his grandma, like, do you still believe in Santa? It's like, it, there's that little doubt there where it's like, I'm going to write a letter to Santa, but I don't know. I think it's jaded, jaded, jaded disillusion from being, like, I don't know how old he is, but maybe it's mentioned, but it's it's that age where they're kind of moving on a bit from that, yeah. just a little bit, and they're kind of, at that age. It's like you're cluing into, you know, your your parents are the most heavily involved ones in the whole thing. Like, if you don't know at that point, so yeah, yeah it's, I, I see it that way. What about you, Jared? You, what do you think? I yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything Misty said. It's also very Christmas Carol. I mean, the first shot after the opening is Christmas Carol playing on the TV. And this story itself is very much like a Christmas Carol with a bit of a gremlin spin on it. <laughs> Something more into that. So I can see it being yeah. playing on that a little bit of him, not totally still believing it, but just wanting yeah, to. Yeah. Gremlins, I still need to watch that someday. Yes. yes. I know. You need to. Oh my. We're starting a mutiny. This is now yes. the Jared and Misty podcast. Get out of here. Watch it immediately. Excuse me. I'm going to have to kick you both off if you dare tell me. Hello. Welcome to the Two Cents Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Jared. No, and today no, we have this, Arthur Howard, uh, and we're going to talk I'm about Gremlins. I'm a major host. You're one host, and I will throw <laughs> these two off the ship. Arthur. You will watch Arthur, my Gizmo your... baby immediately. <laughs> I will. Arthur, give us your general thoughts on on Gremlins that you just watched just oh my, now. Well, it, it was just a mischievous little movie. It's all about capitalism. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but that is all the time we have here today on Two Cents Critic. Oh, you little imp, you little goblin. Uh, but seriously, though, I will watch Gremlins, yes. Especially since Christmas is coming up, so I feel like it would be appropriate. Yes, yes absolutely please, throw please, Gremlins please, please. on. Especially if you liked Krampus. Oh, yes. oh yeah. We're, we're devious little creatures doing shit. <laughs> uh, but I... From my perspective, I was definitely, when I was younger, say around 12 or 13, I was definitely at that stage where I was like, I'm not sure Santa's real, but I'll keep believing anyways. So that's why I'm saying, okay, I feel like Max was in that same perspective. And my mom was definitely, like, my mom was definitely very much like, oh, Santa is real, even, oddly enough, even when I was like 14 or 15 or older, she was like, yep, Santa's real. And I'm like, <laughs> mom. My mom told See, me when I was like, Maybe like six or something. She was like, "Look, 
good. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm too, we're too poor. I can't keep buying you Christmas presents. I'm just telling you now, Santa isn't real, so you're not going to get anything. And so, you know, oh. just so you know, it's not because you're a naughty kid. It's just you can't. I can't buy anything for you anymore. It's like, oh, okay. Thank you, Ma. <laughs> oh, see, I kind of, I kind of clued into it pretty quickly, but I didn't say anything. And as the years went on, my parents would still kind of try to keep it up. But they would like <laughs> to the point where it was like pointed phrases that they would tell me where they'd be like, because I had like still I have bad insomnia. I'm not I'm lucky to be in bed by like 2 a.m. And so on Christmas Eve, they'd always be like, oh, you better make sure you're in bed by or you're in your room by this time of night so that Santa can go put the presents down. I'm like, yeah, I know it's you don't want me to see you going back and forth from the room to the well, tree. See, I'll stay in my well, room. I had like these spy toys. I had like these little spy toys, like the laser trip wires and stuff. And I would set them up. Yeah. Like, oh, cast Santa. And then the next morning, Christmas oh morning, it was like, oh, they've been set off. But oh no, they didn't cast Santa. And when I was little, like, I was so upset. And I was like, but mom, I wanted to cast Santa. See, if I'm a single parent and I try to do Santa for my kid, it's over because I would I would have to be like, oh, make sure you make those cookies for Santa gluten free. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> and that would give the whole jig up immediately. You could just like, yeah, I don't know, give them to your dog or something. Like, I don't know, man. Give them to your dog. Make it look like they're no, because that's got chocolate. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, give them to a friend. No, give them to a friend. Yeah. You a friend. Can make, like a friend. Sugar cookies. No, Santa only wants chocolate. <laughs> give them to a friend. Give them to your neighbor. Give them to a homeless exactly. person. Give them to anyone. It's like for me, I I did a I babysat only one time in my life. It was for all for holiday season, and I witnessed firsthand the insane complete gymnastics that parents do like he had the kid had a little elf on the shelf and she came home every day when he was busy doing something else she moved that elf and I, one day she forgot to do it and she was like oh my god i forgot oh my god I think he, he, he noticed he asked me he was like mom why 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 is he still in the bathroom uh I, he hasn't moved and it's like oh sorry sweetie he's late he he got caught up with something he's going to the north pole right now i'm like jesus christ i would not be able to keep this up that's exhausting <laughs> oh my goodness oh no 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 i hate that elf oh dear just, just watching you while you're showering <laughs> Especially in the bathroom, you know. Get that elf out of my house. Throw it in the garbage, please. Oh. There's only so many places you can put it. Yes, but back to Krampus. We also introduce Tom's German-speaking mom, Omi, played by Crystal Stadler. And she does speak a bit of English in the movie, but for the most part, it is it is German. And she was an entertaining little character. And it, she's very much like she fits into the trope of the elderly character who people will tend to dismiss in horror movies. Oh. The wise, the wise old, um, like, mentor figure. I love her. The Lori Strode Halloween 2018, where she's like, no, there's this thing out there. And they're like, okay, Grandma. <laughs> Go to bed. Take your cookies and milk with you. Oh. Sure, we'll keep the fire lit. Mm-hmm, whatever you say. <gasps> and the family is kind of dreading the rest of the family coming over. Specifically, that's just like when the rest of your family came over last time, the dog left poop in my bed. 
And she was pointing out how her mom was like, you, you're the one who said that why some people shouldn't be allowed to breed. And Sarah's like, I didn't say that. I said they should have to take a test before they're allowed to breed. <laughs> I also love the, it looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's one of my favorite little jabs. Oh my goodness. There's also the very real, this is a little later on, but when they're at dinner and David Keckner is just like, it's dry. And Adam Scott is like, well, I think it's fine. He's like, it's dry. <laughs> That's much like, like, dude, just suck it up for the dinner. What, like, just say it's fine. Oh my god, well also when Antoine accuses Sarah of being a Jew because they don't serve ham. It's like, oh my god, the <laughs> microaggressions are just coming in. God yeah. Why I hate why I hate the damn holiday, these expectations. <laughs> like screw you, man. See, so I think I feel like one thing that's helped that's helped me not become as jaded towards Christmas as I could be is that I haven't had to put up with all of these Christmas events and dinners as family like i've i've i have never mm-hmm. okay well aside okay so i've never spent an official dinner with any of my family members outside of my mom however i have i i did spend christmas dinner and also a thanksgiving dinner with another family a family of uh of a friend of my mom's and see like spending it with another family was fun like that was really great a great time like their, their family was also like mm-hmm. their family wasn't strong with a whole bunch of microaggressions that each other either they're just a perfectly you know kind family who are fun to be with so that's helped me not be as yeah. as grouchy towards christmas even though i have other issues mm-hmm. with christmas that you know make me feel conflicted yeah mine is always like me mom dad my brother maybe my uncle and that's it <laughs> and we all open our presents in the morning and then we fuck off to other rooms and play with our <laughs> see that sounds that sounds good just fuck off i do not have that <laughs> and then we'll, we'll congregate again for dinner but we'll just be watching movies so that's <laughs> great I, 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 with my mom we didn't really do anything uh for reasons yeah. and then uh <laughs> And then, like, the first time I started experiencing, like, sort of Christmas, because my, my grandma and my cousins over there, like, they're extremely traditional about that. And that's when it, like, it, it got into that. That's when I actually started hating the holiday. Because, like, before I was just indifferent. I was just jealous of people that got cool stuff, and I didn't. But when I had to, when I was forced to be jolly with these people that I was literally fighting with just hours ago the same day, crying in my room because of the things that they always told me like it was very hypocritical and I hated it every moment of it because it was just putting like playing the Christmas music and thanking God and being and putting on the clothes and all the stuff and it's like literally we're we fight all the damn time this is hypocritical I hate you all like we, no this is not okay I, I can't you can't force me to be happy right now I'm mad at all of you so it's oh. like, oh, no, I, I, I hate it. I do. Yeah. It's just this forced joy. And it's like, yes. I don't think that's healthy. Yeah, yeah. forced. That's a key word for it. And again, thinking back on, mm-hmm. my, on my holidays, I haven't really had to, well, you know, sometimes maybe more forced than others. But still, like, even like for this, for this particular Christmas, like, I'm not in any situation where I'm being forced to 
bring out the joy, you know, I'm just like, you know, and, you know, I'm genuinely enjoying tuning into a few Christmas songs here and there. My mom is also, you know, like my, my, I feel like my mom loves Christmas much more than me, and she's, you know, we haven't really done any decorations in a while, but even, like, this Christmas, she's got a few decorations, put up a few, like, kind of Christmas trees back here. Not big trees, but just, like, these tiny little, Christ, you know, Christmas, big Christmas trees. Not too much forced merriment, I suppose, in my life as of late. But still, even though I have my issues at Christmas, so like you know, whatever. I'm not. I'm not so grouchy that I can't host a whole month on Two Cents Critic. Right. <laughs> That's why I think this family gets me because it's that pressure of uh, the ma- the central family hosting these relatives that they're not. They they really don't talk to most of the year, and they they think kind of badly about them because they are like terrible house guests and it's like we don't really want you here but we have to because it's christmas yeah. and it's just the whole thing of we have to be together we as a family to. we have to host this dinner we have to be polite with each other but there's that tension of like we do not like we do not like each other but you're being forced to just be like oh my god it's christmas <laughs> we have to be nice we have to do everything right it's like no <laughs> they get me they understand me oh <laughs> <sighs> Oh, also, Sarah puts up the Angle family photo with Santa. And in that photo, Santa is just gawking at best butts. Quite real. Even in that same photo, even Sarah herself kind of, like, has a smirk on her face. And even, like, even, like, Max and Tom don't really look all that genuinely happy as well. In general, it's just not the greatest family photo you could capture. That's in tradition for family photos. Oh, sure. yes. And <laughs> There's yeah. plenty, plenty of ones with me and my brother where we are crying and yelling. Yes, yes. But do you have a creepy Santa in any of your photos? Uh, no, because we never went to the mall. <laughs> we did all our shopping online because it was way better than trying to beat that rush. I have one photo with Santa and it was like maybe one of the last years that I still believed in Santa and I asked I specifically remember I asked him for Finding Nemo the game on PlayStation and of course I never got it so that's I do have my photo though and I look really happy (laughs) it's like oh god Uh, (laughs) I missed that uh, see I I only visited Santa once and that may have been when I was I think 16 Maybe 14? Again, I was desperately trying to believe in Santa into my teenage years. And I, you were like, it's real to me, damn it. And the only thing I want, and then never again. I, I, don't, I, didn't, I never did it earlier. I only got to sit in Santa's lap once. So, so sad. See, I wish I could have done that when I was younger. Oh, well. But... So Max, and then Max asks Omi if she still believes in Santa, and she's like, yes, she does. But also, Santa is what you make of him. He represents the spirit of Christmas, of giving, sacrifice. And then Omi seems to get, in a, get in a, into a down mood, very briefly. Hmm, I wonder why. And then we've got Beth chatting with her boyfriend over the computer, and he's got a, he's got a candy cane themed thong, and he wants her to, to escape her home to be with him, which is like, you know, set up for later on when she escapes the house to go, to go to him, which is also like... Oh my god, put the bong away, Jared. <sighs> <laughs> so, also, Beth, I, I'm jumping ahead, but I gotta say now, Beth leaves her house to go to her boyfriend and check up on him. That was such an idiotic idea. Also idiotic for the parents to even let mm. her leave. The freaking snowstorm man! He is not to go out alone! <laughs> 
at the same time, I kind of get it because there were definitely times where <laughs> I was like in high school with my with my now ex, but at the time my boyfriend and I would be like, oh my God, mom, I don't care that it's a snowstorm. I need to be with okay, you. Okay, well, friends, you can, you, can, <laughs> you can't push a part like this. can break out of the house. You can sneak out of it. <laughs> if you really want to do that. Yeah, it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, the parents are just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, you go. I mean, I know that they're worried about him because obviously they're concerned, but especially if you're worried, it that means that the situation's very bad out there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Like, the dad could have gone, man. Like, someone could have gone with her. <gasps> oh, and then we've got more family coming with a loud rumble from Howard's Hummer, which, by the way, is dubbed Lucinda. Lucinda. <gasps> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so now we introduce so, the other family. So we've got Linda, that's Addison Tolman, and then uh, David Heckner, that's Howard's husband. And then we've got the kids coming in, the troublesome kids, what in Howie Jr. and Stevie. By the way, Howie Jr. is the actor who plays Howie Jr. The name is Maverick Flack. Quite a name. It's a memorable name. <laughs> Sounds like something you hear, like a, I don't know, it makes me think of Top Gun, you know, because of Maverick, obviously. You know, up until now, I thought, uh, ooh, hold on. <laughs> Up until now, I thought Linda was played by Melanie Linsky. Yeah, I've always thought that was her. Different I think that's people. where yeah, different people. <laughs> Some confusion has taken place in my life. I'm gonna have to Google and see how many characters of hers I thought were. Melanie by the way, Linsky. I recently saw a Melanie Linsky movie. Recently, uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Mm. I need to watch that. I like that. that She's in yeah. um, Castle Rock. <gasps> oh, wow. Castle Rock. Very nice. Oh, Very yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for, for her and for um, for Lizzie Kaplan, that needs to be a priority for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, wait. Is this what? Hold on. I think this is why I might be confused on them. Because Allison Tillman is also in Castle Rock as Melanie Linsky's sister. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it just makes sense they do look alike. Okay. I mean, I, I yeah. do see it. Yeah. I, yeah. Know, I do. I do. But I, that's, I where, that's where this is all. Okay. I know it's clearly makes sense not her, now. but like, I can see why you would think that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all the puzzle pieces are fitting yes. together. <gasps> oh, and not, not, not only do we have his family... But also, Aunt Dorothy popped by as a surprise. Yes! Contrada ah! Farrell, who's also, by the way, in Edward Scissorhands. Love her. Yes. Um, and Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich. That is she the gets only sh- freaking reason. That's the only time you ever mention her. And do not no one's not me. In, that is- in my server, maybe, but in House of Zinnamon. Never saw it. Not once. <laughs> Um, and, absolutely. And also, yeah, yeah. Mystic Pizza. She's in Mystic Pizza and True Romance. And mm-hmm. sitcom Two and a Half Men. I know her from Two and a Half Men. Yes, that's where I... This was like her first main thing after... Right. Uh, I was like, yeah, I definitely know her face, yeah. but I never knew her name. I'm sorry. She gets so shit on in Aaron Brockovich, it made me take a star away from okay. my star. Yes, movie. I saw. Okay. That was literally your entire <laughs> review, Jared. Uh, honestly, I, compl- I forgot for a moment that she was actually in Aaron Brockovich. I only remember it because I looked up her credits, and I was like, oh, right, she was in that movie. I, I remember <laughs> yeah. now. She gets yelled at for no yes, reason. Yelling. You're so oh, mean, Aaron. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, also, I love how the family briefly forgot a baby, Chrissy, outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, the dog, Rosie, comes in. By the way, Rosie is played by a dog named Thor. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the family is now here, and they're all settling in. Howie Jr., I love the moment when Howie Jr. is just staring at Max, when Max is talking about Santa. And Howie Jr. is just like not having it. He's just like, again, just like saying nothing, just staring at him. That's me when anyone starts talking sports at me. I'm just like, <laughs> thousand yard stare. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think, think the Pats are going to go all the way this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now we've got dinner time. We've got to spend more time with this, with this dysfunctional family. We learned Tom has been in the Eagle Scouts, which Howard scoffs at. Howard prizes his smoke pole and his buckshot, and he's like, a shepherd has got to protect his flock. Oh my goodness. And uh, Jordan and Stevie are also teasing Max on Santa, claiming like, oh, he crashed his sleigh. Did you hear about that? He had to eat his reindeer. He got turned into Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, did you hear about season two? There's a season two of the Santa Claus. Uh, I've so. heard wild things that make me incredibly concerned oh wait what (laughs) i can't remember what i heard but something about a a musical section i think oh (laughs) very cause for concern musical interesting very interesting wow i think i might be confusing i know i heard something about the second season that was Hmm. concerning Oh, I don't know if it was a musical thing. Apparently, but... t- it says here, Tim Allen faces rival Santa, played by Eric Stone Street, in season two. I watched the first season of Santa Clauses. It was not bad, I would say that. It was all right. It was not cringy the whole time. Even if I have, I thought it could have moved along a lot, of fast, a, a lot faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's enough coverage for the Santa Clauses. Get back to Krampus. <laughs> no one cares about those. Well, okay, I do. I, I, I have nostalgia for the Santa Claus. <laughs> As you'll hear if you listen to the podcast that Missy and I did last year. <laughs> also, there's a moment where Santa gets pissed off at Dorothy because Dorothy's kind of like, you know, complaining about the whole dinner and the Christmas setup. Just, you know, again, more dysfunction, more crap happening. And this, all of this leads up to Stevie and Jordan stealing Max's letter to Santa and reading it aloud. And this letter is quite vulnerable because it turns out Max was writing in his letter for Santa to just make things better for his family. He wants to be closer with his sister. He wants his his parents to fall back in love. He wants Linda and Howard to not fight so much. And he also wants well, wants Howard to not keep wishing that Stevie and Jordan were boys. And Max, Stevie, and Jordan end up getting in a physical fight. What do you think of this scene? It was uh, heartbreaking for me to watch, I must say. It's very sad, yeah. It's very much that, like, I don't even, if we're, because, again, we don't even think that he fully believes in Santa, so who is he really writing this for, you know? Because he doesn't totally believe in Santa. It's, I think it's more a, of straight up just, venting. like, I'm going to get some venting. Yeah, venting, yeah, yeah venting. Ugh. It was, it's just sad. It, it sucks because 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know why people think that's a, that's the kids. I don't know why kids think that's a good thing to do, like to to blab about private stuff being written. And it's like, literally, what are you trying to do? Embarrass the kid? Like it's his family. Like you're trying to embarrass him in front of his family. This is a dumb idea. Like they're not gonna freaking his his side of the family is obviously not going to be like bullying him or anything like that. So yeah. I don't know what you're trying to do. But <laughs> you're just being stupid and dumb and, and embarrassing him. To Stevie and Jordan's credit though, like when Stevie was reading her letter, even she was kind of like, oh like wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. She think or yeah, they they, they think it's gonna be like some some cringy like, I want this really weird thing and then they read it and it's like, oh <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, because he's actually just uh, he, you, you would think that he would be like, "Ugh, they're terrible. I I hate this. I hate my family." But it's like, "No. I I they have it really hard and I hope that things get better for them because they're not as poor. They're not as rich as we are, obviously." Uh, so it's like, you know, that he's just being a sincere kid. He's just being a nice kid and they're like, "Oh shit. I think I think screwed up here. <laughs> I see, so, okay, so I was saying before about character beats that we could have been fleshed out more, just they kind of spawn off of this letter, because, for example, I kind of wish we could have, I don't know if we have to have, like, big moments, just, like, maybe if, let's put in a few more moments of, say, of Linda and Howard trying to reconnect, because I feel like we don't get as much of them, specifically, you know, coming off of that letter later on. I do think Tom and Sarah, we do get moments of them, like, oh, like, you know, I was remembering, like, oh, yeah, we do love each other. Spread throughout the movie, a few moments here and there. They're small, but I like them, you know, they're necessary. Or, or kind of like uh, with Stevie and Jordan. Like, after that whole thing gets brought up, of like, oh, apparently Howard is like, oh, I wish I would do a voice. Like, it never gets brought up again. That's a big thing, and I kind of wish it could have been brought up. It kind of does, because they have that whole thing where they're, like, wrestling, and he's, like, literally, like, coaching them as if they're like, yes, yes, go for it. It's like, yeah, he treats them as if they were just these, these, this very manly activity. It's true. I, I get And it's just, like, coaching them, and you can tell because of how they dress and everything. It's like, it, it, it is a little clear that they're, there's a little, uh, mm-hmm. inclination, there's, I don't know. I can't say if it's like, oh, they were like, this is just how they were like, the clothes that they were given, or this is how like they were sort of pushed by their parents. Don't know that, yeah. or if they were just I genuinely believe, interested in it. But I believe in the commentary they mentioned that they specifically wrote those two characters to be non-binary. Right. Like, not overtly, like, specifically non-binary, but in the sense that, like, Ellen Ripley, like, you could just cast whoever, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't really change anything, because it would still match the overall arc they're giving these characters. Interesting, interesting yeah, because, like, that was my thing, where it's, like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's something where, like, the parents were kind of, like, you know, it's the kind of thing, instead of giving them Barbies, they gave them guns, you know, like, pu- oh, yeah. pushing them into it. Oh, I don't guns. know if it's really that, or if it's more, like, they sort of took that in, took an interest in what their parents were doing, and hunting, and all that, and that's just, that's just what they're into, is that that's, I don't know. So, oh, I think it's heavily implied to be that they're being pushed mm, into yeah. it a little bit. Uh, yeah, probably, probably. I actually, so I actually, I actually did think Jordan was a boy at first, which is why when Stevie bets, I was like, oh. Yeah, yep. When Stevie, I thought that too okay. in the theater. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Stevie, when Stevie read that line, like, oh, when Stevie was like, you know, you're wrong, you know, dad doesn't wish you a boy. I was like, Wait, what? I thought Jordan was a boy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think when I saw it in theaters, I thought Jordan was a boy the whole time until they go missing. And they're like, where is she? And I'm like, she? Wait, what? Did I miss? Like, what? Okay. <laughs> I was like, no, but I mean, I think it's, I didn't really understand that because I think it's, 
before that moment, before the card, I think they mentioned the girls, the twins or something like that. They mentioned like the girls. So I was like, oh, that, oh, I didn't really get any confusion from it because I think it was. Oh, okay. I think it was yeah, mentioned. You have to moment. remember, I was thirteen and very stupid. No, I know. It's really just watching. like it's like I was funny. She was very much the one that looked a bit more uh like i i don't want to say anything it's like it's just with like the short haircut and everything and then the clothing it's like yeah but i i pretty sure i think the movie kind of really preys on yeah like kind of implicit bias but i did i did hear though that they mentioned the girls before this thing happened before the scene happened so yeah i mean i I mean i saw it and i'm 25 and i watched this movie you know the first time. You watched but... it at 25 and stupid. I watched it at 13 and stupid. True, true. <laughs> We're yeah. both stupid at different ages. <laughs> so I do wish I could have been, I still think it could have been fleshed out a little more, or even have a, mm-hmm. I, I still think, or even like a Stevie and Jordan, maybe they could have, you know, just had a quick moment of apologizing maybe to Max later on. Like, hey, no, that was, sorry about that, I was shitty of us, and then just a quick apology and move on. You know, just to have something resolved between them. You know, try to connect more of the family. But even if we don't have these character beats that I wanted to see personally, still a very good movie. I feel like we get those character beats just not explicitly, like, it's not really focused on or shown. It's just kind of like, oh, now they're banding together against these people. But that's not, like, given any specific moment for that. It's just like, here's point A, they're fighting. Point B, there's now these monsters and they're together now. I guess, I guess. (laughs) It's like very, like, it's not much of a rising arc. It's just very flat. Like, they were like this. Now they're like that. And then after that, Max is up in his room and his dad visits him and it's basically like, hey, you know, we gotta put up with our family. We have to care about them. Even the big old assholes. (laughs) And Max... Afterwards, prepares to deliver his letter to Santa, but then he tears it up and throws the pieces out the window, where the pieces swirl up to the moonlit sky, and an uh-oh, a blizzard immediately brews and sets off a blackout, and then we cut to a little shot of the advent calendar, the 23rd day of it being opened up, we're getting a gingerbread man. Those shots, the advent calendar shots, get sprinkled a bit throughout the movie, and it reminded me of... Uh, Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which I'll actually be doing a podcast mm-hmm. on this month. Nice. I was not aware of that. It's a good thing I watched that the other week. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I hope it I hope it still uh holds up. I think it I think it holds up. There's not like any crass offensive humor in it that like would the only, poorly. Oh, well, the only thing I can think there, of... There's like a, a few moments. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is with our class creepy behavior with Mary, the lingerie mm. the elves took. Oh my that, god. That and, and I... I said this in my LB review, but the scene where Chevy Chase flips out about his bonus is only like iffy to me now because I can totally imagine Chevy Chase has yelled at some sad poor PA exactly like that over something far less. Yeah. Like just the real life, what we know now about him kind of soured that specific scene. And then we cut to the next morning where the family is dealing with this blackout. And Max points out a snowman that just inexplicably popped up in the yard. Also, Sarah mentions the Cartwright family stopped talking to them after Max's noodle incident. They never explain that any further, but I'm just like, what? See, these this snowman, like what I said earlier, like the snowman thing is 
the first part of the movie that really hooked me in because I love stuff like that where it's just like these weird unexplained things it's very almost like for lack of a better um comparison it's very junji ito where it's just like there's these weird things that are happening that that just don't make sense they just started and you can't stop it but they don't they don't really go anywhere with it at the in the end of the day which was sad but it it hooked me in those like ghost stories where it's like something's like following somebody and then or it's like in a photo or something and it gets closer and closer and closer and it's like it does, there's nothing really like inherently sinister it's just there yeah. it's just really, it's like why is it there and there's more of them oh my god but missy there's an episode of doctor who where there's like these weird cubes that show up and they just keep fucking multiplying until there's crazy amounts of them and everyone's infatuated with them and they're using them as paperweights and then it turns out that they're bombs or something and they're gonna end the world (laughs) but everyone's become so accustomed to them and in love with them that everybody has one they're everywhere now but it's very much kind of the same feel oh my goodness Uh, then a lovely guy drops by with some crap here and we're like oh where did it come from and then on Howard, bring it in. And I like, I, they're like, what did they say? It was like rich people ordered this stuff and they're like Democrats? I don't remember. Any any like dialogue is going to have to be remembered by you guys. Cause, yeah. No, but like they do mention like, they, they dig at like all oh, rich people like, and the, all this the, stuff. The and, Democrats. But, oh, but I, I have to wonder though, and this is something I just thought of right now. I'm like, oh, they, 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 they hint at like, basically they're like the stereotype of like poor white trash but it's like how poor do you are how poor are you really you have a freaking hummer yeah and it's guns and and your kids have a tablet you're not poor like you're not freaking poor man they're not poor i wouldn't say they're rich but at the very least they're conservative deeply conservative (laughs) oh yeah no 100 percent. i can i can tell that it's just it's the whole thing, like, oh, I, ho- I hope they they have it. They have an easier time this year. I hope it gets better for them. It's like it doesn't really feel like they're, they're kind of fine. Yeah. And it's like I don't think that the oh the the mac and cheese and hot dogs is like a choice because they're poor. It's like that's just that's just what they eat, man. They're just trash. I people. think if if <laughs> Howie were were well, okay, spoilers. <laughs> but well, if Howie we're in were we're in spoiler territory already, so okay, okay, cool. If Howie were still alive today, he that Hummer would one hundred percent have a Trump twenty twenty four bumper sticker on it. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent, no doubt in my mind. <laughs> uh, yep. So Beth goes outside to check on her boyfriend Derek, who hasn't applied to her. Meanwhile, Omi is keeping the fire on and whipping out some hot chocolate. She's like, you gotta keep the fire on. Yeah, see, this is another thing that they, I feel like they don't really follow up on. I've always been confused what the whole thing with keeping the fire is. What do you mean? What, what do you mean? Because she's concerned that he's gonna yeah, come yeah, out. Yeah, it blocks. Is that what it was? Yeah. It blocks. I feel like I've never really, like, got that. It blocks the chimney. Well, yeah, hmm. no, like, it happens in the, in the, when she's telling her story, the animation shows it, and then hmm. the, when, when she go, when uh, you go to, to Derek's house, you notice that the chimneys, like, burst open, and that's because he, that's where he comes from, like, Santa, I, he comes yeah. from the chimney. I guess I've always interpreted that as just, like, one of those weird ghost story monster whatever rules, where it's, like, once, because they already have, like, 
you lose the spirit, it'll show up. I was, I guess I just kind of lumped that in with it. It's like, oh, if the fire goes out, it'll spawn something crazy. No, you got to keep the fire I on to no. block the entrance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I can see Cause, that. Like, uh, yeah, because he, he kind of, you notice, like, when, when she's out there, like, he's on the roofs, and he, that's where he starts up, because that's where he's up there trying to get into these people's well, houses. Yes, yeah. And I love that detail. Like, I don't know, I think about it, but yeah, the, the chimneys just, like, burst open, and they don't think that's suspicious at all. <laughs> it's just this frozen, frozen chimney oh. that's, like, completely torn apart. But but that that's how I got it, where it's like, yeah, she she's just trying to make sure that nobody comes in. Yeah. It's like in Nightmare Before Christmas, where they all, like, light up their freaking chimneys. Yeah. And that's a good segue on to the next scene because now we have Beth checking through a blizzard. Oh, it gets so dark all of a sudden. And then she sees some sort of, some sort of horned beast up on a rooftop and it starts pursuing her, running over the rooftops as she's running away. And she finds the DHL delivery van. And the delivery guy, Murder, is flash frozen inside, giving off the day after tomorrow vibes. And Beth hides underneath the van, waiting for Krampus to leave, and then sees a jack-in-the-box near her, and then we see this little head pop up. And I think we see some hands, I call correctly, some little hands, and then we cut to above the van as it shakes, and she screams, and I really wish, now see, I'm gonna flash out more of a criticism here, I really wish the killed could have been more vicious. I wanted to see the killed, you know, and again, you know, I understand PK-13, but... You can give us some better PG-13 kills. Come on. I would have appreciated, like, a blood splatter <laughs> yeah. under the van or something. That would yeah. have been cool. It <laughs> is just, just the blood under, like, the white snow. It's yeah. so cool. It is funny when I talk to the, about this movie with people, how many of them, and I have a small sample size because I really don't <laughs> talk to about this movie with a lot of people because not a lot of people I know have seen it, but the people that I do talk to, they always, like, don't, put it together that the jack-in-the-box that eats her supposedly is the same one later on it's a town, it's a town. Yeah, yeah it's it's dare clown and like that's the same jack but every time i tell people that they're like what i thought it was like two different what and i'm like no Interesting. he got bigger because he ate her like <laughs> and he ate like a yeah. lot of yeah so when the count popped up here and then the count pops up later on. I actually completely forgot about Beth's kills, but once I went back hmm. to my nose, and then I was like, oh, okay, that's the, that was the same Jack in the Box monster from before. You see its little eyes, that's, little beady that's eyes. One of the, that's one of the main things that intrigued me about it when I saw the trailer for the first time. I was like, oh shit, that tiny little, because they show like a very small clip of Big Clown at the very, very, very end of the trailer it's like one of those stingers at the very end Ooh. i was just like oh shit how does that little guy get to be that big i gotta Ooh. see this you know i never even saw a trailer for krampus before watching the movie i just went into the movie with no trailer it was it was very hinged on that scene the marketing was very hinged on that scene with beth i, I remember every like small like youtube ad or snapchat ad was just that scene cut up super quick oh. yeah i know i saw it for sure like that's why i wanted to go see it at theaters because I, I i i remember i saw a marketing yeah. for it and i was like damn i want to go see this show bad. yeah it was like super quick like krampus jumping through over the roofs beth under the car jack in the box ah! and then krampus december 4th <laughs> i was like okay 
Uh, I also feel like Beth. I'm I'm not surprised Beth gets killed, gets killed off so early because I feel like Beth yeah. is kind of character you would keep around a bit more, develop her character mm-hmm. a bit more. Kind of made me sad the first time I saw it. I was like, oh damn, I kind of liked Beth. Yeah. <laughs> Beth was kind of cool, but shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, also I did forgot, I forgot to note earlier the actor who played her was also in the Lovely Bone. So I what? yeah I saw the Lovely Bone. Yeah, so I just remember I remember her from that also. I think she is Flora. I think Flora is her character's name. She's like one of the one of the kids who's up in heaven. <gasps> oh shoot! No, that's so yeah. sad. Oh, uh, also Adam Scott. Is also gonna be in um, Madam Web. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Madam yeah. Web. Oh my God. Oh, he looks hot in that. I'm gonna be seated. Okay, look. It's gonna be a thirst one. I love I, the facial hair. I, I love the cast. I love the cast for Madam Web. That is the only thing I can praise. Everything else is like, what? <laughs> what is happening here? Tra- it will one hundred percent be an Adam Scott thirst watch for me. As was Krampus, but it ended up be- working out nicely for Krampus. Like there was, in the there was one scene in that trailer where it's just like cutting back and forth between Dakota Johnson and the other characters, and it's like. Who the fuck edited this scene? I hope it's not like this in the movie. It's just the trailer editing. Because by God, it is horrendous. Also, the, mo- the trailer gives away too much. It gives away too much plot detail. I don't need all of this. I don't need to know about, oh, my mom went to the Amazon forest. And- <laughs> I was about to say that. I was like, Arthur, were you in the Amazon researching spiders with her mom right before she died? <laughs> <laughs> that dialogue is horrendous. Oh my god, okay, okay, I guess I will, I do like the time element though, it's intriguing, I like the time element, like, oh, seeing into the future, messing with time, I like that, but otherwise, it's like, why is this even part of the Sony Spider-Verse? I know Madame Web is a Marvel character, but it, it doesn't feel that, even, just, even Sony Marvel materials. It's weird because they're doing all these Spider-Man characters without Spider-Man, which is like, what the hell is the movie then? Oh it's yeah, kind of works yeah. for Venom, but Venom, like, well, okay, Venom. Morbius suffered for that. Yes, Morbius. Really now we now we have Traven, which is like eh, eh. Venom can kind of stand yeah, on yes. his own. Venom can. It's, yeah. Venom it's just can. a really, Venom, really cool Venom character. It worked and, for. in the dynamic between Eddie and Venom. But then they announced like we're gonna do El Muerto and we're gonna do oh, <laughs> we're gonna God. do oh. Craven and they're not gonna have Spider Man and I'm like well what's oh. the, what are you doing then. <laughs> What are we here for? <laughs> oh. Doesn't work when when it's just them. It's not the same thing because literally they're just going against standard people. Like, there's no superheroes going against them, so there's just the police and some randos and then some randos. Like that's not exciting. Yeah. Like what the hell? Morbius has to go up against second Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like Rory Craven. Like who the hell? What the hell is that? gonna I love, fight a mammoth. I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> yes, I do love Aaron Taylor Johnson. But come on, come on. And we need Spider Man. We gotta get. We gotta get back to Krampus. But I gotta note, Cindy Sweeney is in two trailers these past few days because it's both Madam Web and anyone but you. And oh dear, yeah. oh no, Cindy Sweeney, you can do better than this. You can do better. Come on. I'm rooting for you. I know. I know, but I, I, I do want to see her in that suit. So. Yeah, God. I just, did a, I, just, I just did a podcast on the Voyeurs, and I was praising her in that movie. Come on, you can, you've done better. 
Uh, well, Krampus time. So, <laughs> next up, Tom and Howard go use Lucinda to head out there, search for Bess, and maybe find some aid in the process. But Omi is like, don't go. You should wait out the storm. But Tom is like, Mom, everything's gonna be a-okay. Oh, sure, they sure they will be. We cut to the Hummer ride, where Howard is like, Global warming, my ass. He's complaining about the blizzards. Yes, Howard. Yes. Even though it is literally proving <laughs> his exact point. Yeah. It's like. To him, he's like, oh, if it's global warming, then why is it so cold? Like, that's not how it works, dude. Yeah, it's like HDR. You're getting brighter brights and darker darks. Global warming, you're getting hotter hots and colder colds. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and then they encounter a seemingly abandoned snow plow with a glass of his front window punched right in. And it's like, hmm, what happens here? We also learn Howard passed guns and a Hummer. And the heavy one that Tom has, he says, like, oh, this is heavy. That's Linda's. <laughs> it's a small gun, but it's heavy. Uh, <laughs> That's hers. We cut back to home for a bit, where Sarah and Linda were talking about the mom's angel ornaments up on the tree, and Sarah saved all the family ornaments and decorations. It's a nice little intimate family moment, you know, something to balance out her dysfunction. But that moment ends when the family hears little noises up on the rooftop, and they're like, "Oh, those are just squirrels, right?" Which, like, Dorothy thinks is ridiculous, and then there's, like, this big sub on the roof, and it's like, hmm, really? Are, are those squirrels? No, no, no. No, it's Santa's reindeer. Then, oh, back to Tom and Howard, as they explore Derek's family's house, and it's all messy. Again, there's, you know, there's so many crap, like we've mentioned before. And Howard finds a gingerbread man, pins his affairs with a knife, and there's a pair of hoof prints in the snow around the fireplace. Hmm, why the hoof fence? Could they have come from a being with, uh, cloven hooves? And then they hear Beth shouting outside. So they go out, look for her. But then a creature, a pe- something, snatches up Howard by his leg in the snow. Tom tries to pull him out, and he takes a couple shots with his gun, and the beast flees. So they struggle back to the Hummer, but it's torn apart and on fire, and Howard yells, Lucinda! Oh my god. Now, okay, but I do have to ask. I don't think the creature underneath the snow is Krampus, right? It's like a different creature, probably, right? I think yeah, so, yeah. Not... I don't think they ever really say what it was. They never know. I've seen, I've seen weird theories that it's their clown, but, I mean, we see him move around later, and it's very hard for him. <laughs> so I don't think he could yeah. be the clown has, moving that quick. The clown has a distinctive movement, and it's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. if, the, if the clown is here, you know. It's like the Beetlejuice sandworm, where there's like, yep, there's a sandworm, deal with it, and that's... <laughs> they, don't, they don't explain any more than that. It's just like, we wanted a sandworm, so there's a sandworm. Yeah. Almost actually, <laughs> like, whatever creatures underneath the snow almost reminds me of the shoe monster from Little mm. Nightmares. It's like... It reminds me of, um, very much of, of Tremors, too, especially it... with those POV shots. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Which, by the way, I still was... Uh... Don't need to see Katamba someday. Yes, okay. Tom and Howard go back to the house, and now everyone is panicking. Howard's leg has a bite mark, and they try to be like, oh, it's just a bear trap. <laughs> just, no biggie, just a bear trap. Uh, and- All right, Johnny Knoxville. 
<laughs> Dorothy takes on the responsibility of looking out for the kids, and she's gonna teach them how to make peppermint schnapps. And she lets she lets Howie Junior have a sip. This is almost. They said this in the commentary. This almost got them rated R. Really? Just this, just, just the shot of a kid drinking alcohol really? almost got them an R. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, no, no. It's PG thirteen. Um, imagine Krampus gets an R rating, and it's because of fucking kid drinks alcohol. Uh, <laughs> you go in expecting all this gore and violence. No, just peppermint schnapps. <laughs> uh, and Omi wants Tom to keep the fire hot. And now the family's trying to figure out what the hell to do. Because Beth is still out there. You know, they think Beth is still out there. The weather is glacial out there. He says, like, you know, frostbite. You know, it's like, a, it's like frostbite kind of weather. And Lucinda is kaput. And they still have some ammo with them. And they're planning to stay here. Once the storm eases up, they'll go search for Beth. So they board out the windows. We have another intermittent moment when Howard thanks Tom for saving him earlier. And he also apologizes for thanking Tom for having a, a spineless dick all these years. That's the one he uses, spineless dick. <laughs> and Max asks his dad, is we're gonna die? And then he says Omri has been acting different ever since the storm. And Tom is like, well, she's always gotten weird for some reason around Christmas. Who knows why that, why that happened. Hmm. Also, another intimate moment when Howard comments on how he can't imagine a life without Lucinda, even when they butt heads. And Tom, I, and, and even like when, uh, when Tom exchanges a look with, you know, with Sarah, that's one of the moments that I pointed out earlier, where it's like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. Tom and Sarah, it's like one, a reminder of, oh, yeah, they love each other, how it offers to stay up late and keep guard so Tom can sleep with his family, and how it says again, a shepherd has got to protect his flock, which then leads up I to him to be the man of the house. <laughs> but then that just leads up to him uh, falling asleep. And I love how it's edited, too. That's so me. That's so me. I'd be that guy. I'd be like, no, no, it's fine. Go to bed. I got this. And then two hours later, asleep. <laughs> and I love the way it's edited, so too. Bad. The way it's edited. Like, when he's just looking out the window with the binoculars, and then it cuts right to him snoozing as Silent Night <laughs> plays from her tablet until the tablet dies off. That's very cozy vibes. I love that. I love falling. I used to play Minecraft on my Vita until I would literally pass out and then wake up and it would be dead. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Jared. What? Oh my goodness. Just good times. I miss those days. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> now I could do it on my Switch, but they ruined Minecraft. <laughs> Sad tears. Remember when Minecraft was a thing? Remember Minecraft? Yeah. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I literally did that. I booted up Minecraft like the other day, took one look at it, and I was like, I don't know you anymore. Oh, no. That's so sad. I was like, who are you? Uh, I feel like I might have the same feeling if I were to go on to one of those Club Penguin offshoot websites. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Uh, those, are, those actually look kind of genuine, Well, okay, though. but it, it, it's, just, nice. it's just that I haven't done any of those in so long. Like, I used to, but it's been so long. I feel like... So nostalgic. I still remember to move your, your mouse over all the pages of the catalogs because there's hidden items. Yes. Oh, my God. Some of the nostalgia. <laughs> but I feel like, I, what do I grow out of it now? But I want to go back sometime. You know, and... It's also hard because those websites always get taken down. Disney's like, nope, we cannot allow these fake websites up. <laughs> of course. Oh. And no Spider-Man on your kid's tombstone either. Oh, classic. <laughs> Hello, listeners. 
This is Arthur, the host of Two Cents Critic. I'm here to tell you about Zencaster, the very service that helps me record my show. Out of all the potential options out there, I picked Zencaster because of the brief views and the basic things that I need to record are available for free, which is handy for someone like me, someone who isn't brimming with money that I can spend on extra podcast features. It really is incredibly easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. You can just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. And Zencaster's multi-layered backups will ensure that you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. And if you've thought about podcasting before and realized that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code 2CCDiscount. That is 2 to number 2. And you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. And oh shit, the fireplace isn't flaming! Uh-oh, we hear mischievous noises that creep through the ceiling and down the chimney. A hooked chain dangled into the fireplace, with a gingerbread man attached to it, and it wakes up one Howie Jr. leering him over to take a bite out of it. And then a cookie comes to life, ties him up in the chain, and he starts to get pulled up. And the scene is a bit cartoonish when the cookie whistles, and then Howie Jr. hits the fireplace with a metallic clang. <laughs> Yeah, and the family is all panicking. They try to pull down the kid, and oh no, a lit log gets shoved over and sets the Christmas tree on fire. Max has to put it out. Sarah screams at a gingerbread man in the fireplace, and then they lose Howie Jr. One of his shoes drops back down the chimney. Ugh. So now he's gone. And Omi says, this is all our fault. He's come for us all. And then she starts speaking English. This is how the family, her backstory. And now we switch over to an animated exposition clip. And I thought it was very fitting to have this kind of like claymation style animation. What do you think? Yeah. It's so beautiful. I love it. I love it. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Um, they said it. I, I forget specifically what they said. Give me give me a moment to collect my thoughts. Oh, <laughs> go ahead, Misty, if you have any. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. I'm wondering what, what the divide is between people who like this scene and don't like it because of the animation. Because because on the podcast of horror queers on the episode they did they did on Krampus, one of the hosts actually did not care for the animation in the scene. wasn't into the style of it. I mean, it could have been better. I guess it could have looked a little. Like, it could have been more stylized, like, with the, the uh, last year, or, God, I'm old, a couple years ago, <laughs> the the more recent Candyman, the more stylized animation in that. I guess that's what people were expecting or wanting out of it. But, I mean, they were going for the, like, um, Rudolph, I'm trying to think of the other ones, but, like, that Santa, kind of Santa style. Santa is coming to town. Yeah. They, were, they were specifically trying to go for that. But I think it's Love I think it. it's not so much the animation, but like the color grading that gets mm. on people because it is very dark and and gloomy. See, it's not. I feel like that's fitting though. Yeah. It's fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it was the tone that they were going for. It's kind of like, literally, she's like, it's like this extremely. Uh, it kind of reminded me of Willy Wonka <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory because it's like a very, very cartoonishly version of like a poor house. It's just it's like complete like <laughs> cruel, uh, this little wooden house with like the, the roof and it's like <laughs> it's like these holes. It's just this very, very, very poor like town. So it's supposed to be very yeah. dreary and drab. Yeah. I think they mentioned That's what I was thinking of. That tripped me up. I think they mentioned they wanted to show like a Rudolph, one of those movies on like a TV or a tablet earlier, but they couldn't. So they had mm. they had a make like a specifically like just a random like fake thing that looked like that for that. Oh, they did. They 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 did that for the the part where they're like looking at this like thing on the tablet. Yeah, yeah. yeah they had. And I was thinking, yeah, it looked kind of similar to that. It, it's not it's not a real thing. They had to make it specifically for that shot cuz they couldn't I guess they couldn't get the rights for <laughs> Rudolph or something like that, but that also inspired the animation for that scene. And the sack story for Omi this was a dark Christmas, but young Omi still believed in the Christmas spirit, even though the rest of her town, including her parents, had forgotten about that. About the power of miracles. She had given up. And then Omi did too. So she wished for her parents to go away. And her wish came true, thanks to an ancient spirit coming to her home. The shadow of Saint Nicholas. Krampus. He's the kind who punishes you, the naughty children, the ones who are hopeless, who don't have the Christmas spirit, and he took Omi's family to the underworld, leaving her behind as a reminder of what happens when hope is lost, when belief is forgotten, and the Christmas spirit dies. And Krampus also left her with a bell with Krampus engraved on it, and she still has it now, a marker of that tragedy. I'm so sad. They made actual, like, Weta... What a digital actually made like physical cut versions of that bell that you could buy, but you can't buy it anymore. What? It's, like a, it's a collector's item now. Oh. Have fun spending sixty bucks for it instead oh, of ten. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me so sad. Oh, I don't have that. <sighs> Howard doesn't believe Omi though, and he's like, "I'm gonna go outside to search for Howie Junior." But Tom is like, "Stay here, come on." But Howard is like, "No," and he opens the door, and we see a whole bunch of snowmen outside in the yard. It's snowing heavily, and then we see some figures out there. We hear cackling, "Who are these?" They're the elves who pop up later. And Howard gets back inside, and he shuts the door, and we're gonna keep the fire hot. And then the twenty-fourth door opens up in the advent calendar, revealing a little teddy bear next to the tree. And then. And Stevie asks, you know, what if you do good things all year? And Omi's like, it's not what you do, it's what you believe. And what you've given up and hear. And your heart points to a heart. And so like, you know, can they do anything about this? And Dorothy is just like, I know that Omi is saying we're fucked. And specifically, I love how she says, old enough to know what it's like when life is coming at you with its pants down. Or she says with its dick out. Wait, what? <laughs> Oh, that maybe that's in the maybe that's a naughty cut change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the version in the oh. version I saw, she says, "I'm old enough to know when life's coming at you with its dick out." What? Okay, because okay, yeah. <laughs> because here she says, "Yeah, that's not how I heard." Yeah, it. Yeah, that's a naughty cut thing. What's his pants down? Yeah. Okay. She, she definitely 100 percent said "dick out" in the okay. naughty cut. 
Wow, <laughs> I would have loved that. Uh, well, there's one change that I know. Yeah, one change. And then we have a moment where Linda is rewrapping the remaining gifts that survived the fire of Melia. And there's this little newspaper ball for Howie Jr. And then she picks up a gift from which the winding sound of perhaps a jack-in-the-box, perhaps, emits. And she's about to open it. But then Sarah, Porter, and Howard aside for discussion with Tom. And now they have a whole plan to fetch Snopes out, use it to carve out a path for the family to head to the mall. You know, use it as, emer- as an emergency shelter. And then they're searching for help. And Tom brings back the shepherd's got to protect his flock line. And then we, we cut back to the gift boxes, which are shaking and making rambunctious noises. Ooh, oh, before we get to all this mischievous mayhem, I do want to uh, point out in that scene with Omi that you just talked about, she's very, like, motioning with her hands, and I think that's partly because they mentioned Omi was originally supposed to be deaf instead of uh, German. So they had a lot of, like, there was originally going to be a lot more, like, hand signing and stuff like that. I wonder if that's kind of a remnant of that. Interesting. Uh. Okay. Yeah, I wonder, okay. I wonder why they did the change. I guess, I guess, well, mainly, I guess, maybe because they wanted her to, like, narrate the story and Perhaps. everything. Perhaps. I can't, I think yeah. they might have mentioned some aspects, but I don't remember. And, you know, you know, that reminds me of She's, of she's All That, with Karen Colkin's character being like, oh, we're going to have him be deaf. But then it's like, oh, wait, we're not, not going to mention it, even though he still has the hearing aid. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, Jesus. Karen Culkin is lovely in that movie, I must say. Mm. Amusing. <laughs> amusing little movie. Well, we got to Max, who sees Krampus for a moment on a rooftop through binoculars. But then Krampus vanishes. And then we have Stevie and Jordan going upstairs because they need a bathroom. Because uh, Aunt Dorsey clogged up the toilet. And Jordan asked ah, if Krampus... Family. Yeah, family. Your family, <laughs> your family shit just deals with literally and figuratively. Jordan asked if Krampus took Howie Jr. because of the time he painted the cat. <laughs> and then they hear Beth's voice coming from the attic. They're like, oh, Beth is here, yay! But then we cut back downstairs, and we hear them screaming from upstairs. The family braces themselves. I love when Howard asks for Rosie, the dog, to come over, but Rosie gets spooked and scampers away. And at this point where Howard is like, useless turd. I think it was the point. And now Tom, Sarah, and Linda go upstairs, find all the open gift boxes and the open cookie tin. And then they put up with their own monster craft. Well, but how are you? But first, like, Tom, Sarah, and Linda, basically, they, they have this worm-like, this big old worm-like jack-in-the-box, or the, the clown appearing and swallowing up Jordan. Yeah. We can see the shoes going down his maw. And it's, like... So cool. I love the maw. Even just, like, the design of the maw, how it splits yeah. open. And how oh, you can... So you can cool. just, the inside, so the inside of the mouth. One of my favorite oh. creature designs. So fleshy, 
slushy. Seriously. Yes. And, yes. and all the like goop coming out of it, like the saliva, supposedly. Uh, like, all goopy. Ugh. I love it, man. <laughs> I, I, I still don't like imagining that creature and then just like creating it. Like, ah. Um, and you see, it's so. worse for me because when I was a kid, I was exposed to poltergeist and that clown in that movie fucking traumatized me. So when I saw this, I was like, Cool. I'm gonna have nightmares, but cool. Okay, I still need to see Porter Guys, so <gasps> You're a third. I know I can't, so- please I, watch I, it. I can't, so I can't good. make an argument for it to be a Christmas horror, but watch it this December, please. Yeah. I can. <laughs> I can really, make it. Really, 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 really good for real. Yeah, yeah I can ah, make it so quick. I also love the details when Dirk Sound wipes his mouth with a napkin. Yeah. <laughs> he carries those around. He's just like ah. mm. <gasps> Tasty meal. Yeah. Yum, yum, yes. yum. Five star. This was a three Michelin star house. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. And then the other monsters that pop up here in this attic are this angel puppet that's called, is it Perkta or Perkta? I'm not sure. I just call it Tiffany because it reminds me of Tiffany from uh, Bride of Chucky. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something I noticed, though, was that it, I don't think it is, I don't think it's the same item exactly i think it is like just one of krampus's hench little minion things but it's very similar to the angel that they put on the tree and i think it might be like mm. perhaps like the thing where it's attacking sarah is i don't know I, I just thought it looked extremely familiar really 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 similar to it in the design i mean that I, the exact angel i, yeah. I can see that connection yeah because yeah it, it does attack sarah so i mean i would yeah, because I'm like I'm thinking. I don't think it. I don't think he made like the exact exact ornament come to life. But I think it's like a very similar object yeah. mm-hmm. to yeah. it. Because if I felt a little personal there, it's really really cool design, <laughs> and honestly. I, and, and it's, yeah, it's got, it's got the creepy human face, and it's got the feathered wings, and it's got and, and it's got a long tongue that it licks Sarah's face with. <laughs> oh my Ew! god! God. Um. And the bear, the bear that's yeah. I was gonna teeth. say also a cameo from Jeff Wadlow's uh, Imaginary shows up here. Oh well, <laughs> in the form of Teddy Teddy Sal. Yeah. Oh my there's, god. Um, yeah. I I can't remember what it, the exact design looks like, but on the Blu-ray, there's like concept art, and they they dialed that bear so far back. Dialed it back. <laughs> Teddy Sal. Yeah, oh, if you go look at the concept art, that thing was fucked up. <laughs> I have looked this up by now, because Teddy Cloud was I already a, so. a terrifying, a terrifying teddy bear already in this movie. Somewhere there's like, there's some kind, I remember one of those henchmen just looking absolutely fucking crazy demented in the, in the concept art. It was like, noticeably like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll even like pop in my um my Blu-ray later and send you like a pic if I can't find it on here. Wait, yeah, I see. Why 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 am I wait? Okay, wait. Well, no, Teddy Clown already had like a brain popping out of the head, right? No. Okay, then maybe okay, <laughs> I'm seeing I'm seeing odd here with brain popping out of the head. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely pop in. Oh, I don't know if it's actually on the um not the Blu-ray. I'll have to. See. But I'll I'll pop in a Blu-ray and see if I can find it. Wait, there's a Teddy Cloud plush with a vein popping out of the head. <gasps> what? Where? Yeah, Teddy Bear plush images and Mighty Ape and Z 
So I could I wait. I feel like that might have been a brain popping out of the head in the movie. Even I said it's like I don't know. I don't remember that. Well, in any hmm. case, I'm not finding concept art as more t- terrifying than what I saw. In the yeah, movie. I'll see if I can find it on the Blu-ray. But it was noticeably like Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I think I found something, but it's like I'm trying to find the actual. I saw like the images, but it's not showing me the images. There's like a really demonic gingerbread man. Here. that looks like really. Wait. I'll be right back. I'm gonna really go put cool. in my Blu-ray. <laughs> Oh my god. You guys can keep talking. I'm just gonna. Yeah! Okay, fine, fine. Uh, Also, so Pushta is actually actually based on a real being from folklore. And so apparently identified as stemming from the same Germanic goddess as Horda and other female figures of Germanic folklore. She can appear as like a beautiful form or as an elderly form. So, oh, in many old descriptions, apparently she had one large foot, sometimes called a goose foot or a swan oh, foot. Oh, What did they come back to? <laughs> oh, we're talking about Persia, because Persia the oh, okay. was based off of a, of a real being and folklore. Fun. In contemporary culture, Persia is portrayed as a rewarder of the generous and the punisher of the bad, particularly lying children. Yeah, it's very nice, very nice. Ah, well, yeah, so that's Persia and it's Hedy Sow. And then there's TikTok. That's the red-eyed wind-up robot that jumps on the top. On the clock, but the party don't stop. And no, um, TikTok is—he's <laughs> credited on IMDb as TikTok playing TikTok, and that's their only credit. I was like, Oh my god, I love and that! Then I googled it. I love that. And it was like the the robot, and I'm like, Why are they credited? I love that little detail. That's this, weird. This little robot that's jabbing at Tom. Yeah. A pair of scissors. Uh, and then Howard. Now Howard, he stayed downstairs, and he wrestled with a few gingerbread cookies. And these are the clumpy, lumpy, dumpy trio. And they have this nail gun, which gets a few shots at his leg. He uses a cutting board to defend himself from the other nails. And then he gets his gun, shoots a lantern behind the cookie to explode it. Now they're on fire, killing one of them. But the other two come at him, and he shoots one of them dead. But the other one ends up having to be killed by Rosie. Yay! Rosie gobbled up the cookie right as it was gonna leap at Howard with its sharp candy cane. That got some of the biggest laughs in my theater. Oh yeah, I love that. I love that. (laughs) See, poor Seth Green. See, I like how the movie it didn't feel totally jarring that way. It 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 got the horror and comedy mixes it well together. Under the direction, yes, very nice, very nice. And oh, also, we have another metallic sang moment when uh, Tom was dealing with the robot with TikTok, and TikTok bounced off his beam. And again, we had another like clang sound. Yeah, and then Persia trying to hang Sarah with Christmas lights, and then Linda sees Stevie, and then gets motivated. Like Stevie is all covered in the drool from the sound, trying to eat her, and then Linda gets motivation to stab the teddy bear, teddy clown in the eye with an icicle, and then she kills. <laughs> she she cuts the wire, the Christmas lights to free Sarah, and she hits the robot, and she almost hits the Jack in the Box, the clown, as it escapes out the vents. And there's so much drool again over all over Stevie. Eh. And Sarah shoots at the robot at TikTok when it briefly comes back to life. And there's a, there's a sweet moment where Tom looks up at her in awe, and she's like, what? It's just good fun. Good holiday fun. <laughs> yes, yes. I love the utter chaos. Fun, really. I, I almost feel like, in a weird way, this is the climax of the movie. 
it's very weirdly structured to me. It never really feels like it reaches this height ever again in the movie. It feels like it feels like they kind of did like this is the climax and then the rest of it is like build up to this resolution. It is. I didn't have a problem with the pacing. It, it is. It is off like that. I didn't have a problem with it, but I can see yeah having a gripe over that. Yeah, you you definitely notice it on rewatch because I feel like on the first time you're like, okay, they just did all this crazy stuff. What's gonna happen now? But it you kind of ride that energy for the rest of it, but it never really uh, yeah. capitalizes even, on that. Yeah, and and I remember even a criticism being made on horror queers was I think they kind of poke at the pacing as well and even was killing off multiple characters in quick succession later on mm-hmm. and even how that was kind of kill quote unquote as the kill count call them kidnappings <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, you really kind of just get kidnapped i mean okay but here's the thing what's the killers being not that vicious i was like i wanted to, i wanted the killers to be more explicit i was like wait are they actually dead i kind of wonder mm-hmm. that drugs movie and i can i can see that they kind of did have like there's no reason for him to jump onto when they're when they're like wrapping them all up and there's no reason for him to jump onto it like it's yeah. very it reminds me of that guy in Spider-Man No Way Home who at the very beginning Spider-Man swings away and that guy tries to jump onto his leg it's like what are you trying to do dude <laughs> Oh my goodness oh. and now we go back downstairs so the remaining family members are Regrouping, we can hear their sound roaring upstairs. And I love how, in response to Linda being hesitant to tell Howard what's upstairs, he's like, I just got my ass kicked by a bunch of Christmas cookies. So trust me when I say, I can take it. And he cocks his gun. Yeah, I love it. What I mean, true, true. I'll give him that. Yeah. And then Rosie heads upstairs through the vents and they're like, get him, Rosie. But nope. That is unsuccessful, because then Dirk Sound crashes through the ceiling, its mouth area wet with drool. Oh no, Rosie's gone. And then Perster swoops down at Howard. And then, oh crap, Teddy Sound is back too, with like the goop. The goop spilling <laughs> out. Can never have enough of that goop. Yeah, but then Dorothy <laughs> takes takes the gun, Howard's gun, and shoots both Teddy Sound and Perster. And then Tom is like, Aunt Dorothy? Finish it. And Dorothy says, with pleasure. And she's right about to shoot the clown. But then we hear a horn blaring. And the clown claps. I love that. I love that little moment. I love that. It's like both that and the napkin. It's like, wah, wah. You just get it's so much personality with so little. It's so good. <sighs> yes. And then elves crash through the boarded up window, shoving over Dorothy. One of them hugs the, hugs the clown? Yes. They're <laughs> <laughs> just like, you did so well. You did so well, fellow minion. <laughs> it, gives you, it almost gives you a feeling like, oh, these, these minions know each other. They're like a family of sorts. They're just a little gang. <laughs> Even as they're hauling people off to hell. Oh, I'm actually looking at some concept art right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm. T- a, I'm there snapping was a nutcracker. Pictures. Oh, yeah, there's there's tons. Oh, well, that's they're not, not even yeah, he, in the movie. Or oh, it's not. Yes, nutcracker was already in the movie. I can see a nutcracker for a bit. There's <laughs> like reindeer on hamster wheel things. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, the snowmen looked really demonic, and then they actually, I believe, they had a, like a planned fight confrontation with the snowmen. And they they looked oh. like they had like mouths, and they were they looked like 
It was really cool looking, but I guess they scrapped that. But yeah, it looks like there was a whole confrontation plan with the snowmen. The Jack in the Box. Yeah, I got oh, some pictures of legs it. and like feet and like. Eh. Oh. There's like a bunch of different versions of it on here that I'm taking pictures of. The gingerbread of. man had like two heads. <laughs> I do okay. Yeah, I see some concept art. But oh, there's the Nutcracker the on my Blu-ray. It's so cool. I love let it. Let me let me send you guys the pictures I took. Ooh. Yeah, I found them on uh le- the uh the website. Ooh legendaries like tumblr i see one version of concept art i see some the sound sketches was like oh like the, the worm body glows and you can see the human silhouette inside mm-hmm. oh my goodness yeah wow oh so God. me putting my blu-ray in was for nothing for you hey, no the, that that, <laughs> oh. that no the that First one of the clown, I didn't see. Okay, that. I'm looking. But I'm I looking right now. The other ones. I'm looking right now. Ooh, okay, I'm seeing. I didn't see that concept art of the bear either. <laughs> yep. I saw one. I of saw the that. Bear, I, not that. That's what I was talking about. The, the glowing, the glowing belly, so the glowing, the glowing body. Mm-hmm. It's very the blob. Oh my oh. god, I love it. <laughs> oh, te- oh, oh, Teddy Clown. Oh, with a cute face, a kind of cute face. I see. I like the the final design. Quite what a is bit. this Teddy Clown? Was like, oh my goodness, like the. <laughs> The teeth, oh my god, and the half-cracked-off face, and the arm oh. coming off. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, it's so, so creepy. Oh my goodness. Wait, what? Oh my god, oh my god, what is- What is these other Teddy Clowns? <laughs> Concepts. <laughs> it's like- I told you it's very, like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like- I love it. It's like, oh my- These eyes, the eyelashes, the teeth, and, like, the fur, oh my god. Oh, yeah. more of them. More. Oh, the oh bigger teeth, bigger lower jaw. Yep. <laughs> um, um, oh, this last picture. What is what is up with that open bar in this last picture? It would have been so oh. crazy if they committed to that. Oh, apparently this was all in a book, the the art of Krampus, but then it's sold out like totally out of print, and it's like very expensive on Amazon. That's oh, sad. no. It looks really cool. Oh, it's on the Blu-ray. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, now I have pictures. I have pictures now. But Funny this for a video podcast. <laughs> well, those were some creepy, creepy designs. But yes. So now, the elves arrive with their chains, the tie of Dorothy, and their clown. An elf kidnaps Chrissy. Howard, ye- Howard yells, Twisted fairy tale horse shit! And leaps onto the, the clown right before it's yanked out of the window! Yeah, this is where I'm like, okay, you're just trying to get rid of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As quickly as... Definitely, definitely. Uh, and then the elves close in on, on the remaining family. But then they're summoned away by Krampus's call. I feel like it's somewhere between a wolf howl and then one of those animal horns you blow through. Like, you know, out of Narnia, mm-hmm. something like that. Then the remaining family members. We've got Tom, Sarah, Linda, Max, Omi, and Stevie left. Most of them head out, but Omi takes the initiative to stay behind and confronts Krampus. And then Krampus comes down the chimney, cracking and bulging it. And he stomps on a Santa Claus ornament along the way. And he whips... <laughs> He's like, fuck Santa! <laughs> and he whips out his long tongue. And he opens up a sack full of sinister toys for Omi. And one of those toys is a nutcracker. And then we just cut away from what we you know the camera shows the toys and we cut away. So it's like, yep, you know. We know they got Omi. Yeah. <gasps> and yeah, then, at least we got some cool 
cringe yeah. the out of it. Oh, Arthur, I just thought of a really funny dumb joke. <laughs> yes, Misty, please tell us your, your friend. Share with the class. There's, there's, no, because there's another meme, there's another, like, trailer, movie trailer meme going around, uh, the one from Mean Girls, where it's like, this isn't your mother's Mean Girls. I was thinking of, this isn't your mother's Santa Claus, and he comes down and he just stomps on the freaking figure. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yes, yes. And now we cut back to the family as they trek to the snowplow. Tom tells the others to keep going and he says his goodbyes. And I'm like, do you yes. really have to do this? Yeah, it's like everyone just makes so many rash decisions here to be like, I gotta get out of this movie now. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, we just ain't. That's something I can criticize, but oh well. He stays behind, fires some more at the creature who goes through the snow, empties his gun, and then gets yanked down. And then, <laughs> then Linda gets like down next. Wait, Linda. I almost, I almost expect one of them to just be like, my people need me. I must go. And they just blast off. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that could have happened, yes. And then Linda, I mean, that's kind of what, what, how he did. Kind of, kind of. And Linda gets sucked down next. And then Sarah. Mm. I, I do like how Sarah was like, hey, you know, I, I love you. Right before she gets sucked down. Yeah. To the kids, Stevie and Max. And now they're left inside the snowplow. But then the elves ambush them. And they kidnap Stevie. And Max shoves out an elf. And it gets sucked, the elf gets sucked into the snow. By the creature, then Krampus enters the scene, returns the ripped, page, the ripped pieces of Max's letter to him, along with Omi's bells. Or is it a different bell? Is it just like a general Krampus bell? I think it's a new bell. It could, it could be hers. I don't know. Does she definitively have it with her? This whole, I don't this remember. I don't remember. I don't know if she like brings it. Or, or what? I, I wouldn't th- imagine she carries it with her all the time. <laughs> no, I don't think she ever has hers. Yeah. So this is just a noob. I think it's a, just well, a belt that she, he gives to no, her. No, no, no. Remember, she still has it. Well, she still has it. Remember, even a- after the backstory, she shows her bells. Oh, oh true. Wait, yeah. yeah. So it could I just, be. I just it could be hers. It could be a new one. Yeah. It's it's not really. Explain. It's not too important, but I mean, it is to fun me. to think about. It is to fun me. to think about. Yeah. Important to me. And then Max finds Krampus. Like Max walks along, finds Krampus and his minions engaging in a ritual with Stevie. They have like I don't know yak or bison strapped to the sleigh, and Max shouts that he takes back his wish, and he's like, "Give me back my family!" And he throws the bell and sinks into the snow, opening a pit in the hell. And he offers himself up as a sacrifice in exchange for his family's safety. And I'm telling you, at this moment, I genuinely thought Krampus was going to do just that. He, even the way he collects Max's teardrop with that long curved nail of his. <laughs> I thought we would go along that hopeful path here. But nope, he and his minions cackle away. And the elves shove Stevie into the pit. And then even when Krampus grabs up Max, Max is like, I'm sorry. I just wanted Christmas to be like it used to be. I thought Krampus might be merciful there, but nope. Krampus just drops him into the pit. Krampus needs you to learn your lesson. Yes, yes. <laughs> Along with anyone else who's in the vicinity, like that poor delivery guy and Derek's family. I do think 
I, like what Kramp, what's Krampus doing there? Krampus just have like, hey, you know, I'm targeting this family. I might as well have some entertainment and just kill off other people. Or maybe I guess if like Max knew the neighbors too, it's like I'm gonna rip away everyone you love. <laughs> You'll be alone forever, even your neighbors. You'll have no one to talk to. Uh, no one to no, play that, hopscotch that was my with. Concern. <laughs> yeah, that was my concern. But it's like I don't think anyone else had really anything to do with yeah, it. So yeah. I don't know why they needed to be targeted, but uh, sure. And then we cut to Max apparently waking up in his room. It's Christmas morning. It's snowing outside. Everything looks pretty ordinary. He opens up Christmas Day on his advent calendar, and he heads downstairs to find that his whole family is all happy, opening gifts, celebrating the holiday. Just this vast... is also the brightest the movie has ever been lit. I was going to say, it does like a Vaseline filter over yeah. the screen. <laughs> RuPaul season one. <laughs> and, and, at this point, and at this point, I was like, okay, come on. Don't, don't pull this shit with me. I don't want everything that I just want to be a dream. But we'll find out what happens. So they open up their gifts. And I got to point out, one of those gifts that they get, Specifically, Jordan, it's some fucking brass knuckles. Why the hell would you give a child <laughs> brass knuckles? Even if, even if you're deeply conservative people who, who've got guns and you don't believe in climate change, what the hell? They're illegal in plenty of U.S. states, including Washington, my own state. Other states like Arizona and Texas let them be legal. 40 oh, legal. Trust me, there is a whole culture around collecting illegal weapons. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> sure. I can see them trying to push that onto Stevie and Jordan. Too. I guess, and how he's doing you, I suppose. Look at these oh, brass yeah. knuckles I got you. Aren't it, ain't it so cool? You know, those are illegal. <laughs> also, like... also, <laughs> so plenty of U.S. states where they are legal, but only with a permit, like Kentucky, Florida, and Oregon. <laughs> which... Of course, Florida. It's such a weird thing. Of course, Florida is there. <laughs> By the way, I'm not sure, but, like, do you know how lethal brass knuckles are? I'd imagine pretty. I mean, even just punching someone the right way in the head will kill them. Exactly. One yep. one hit in a correct spot will kill someone. Because brass knuckles, they, what they basically do is they take all of the force from your punch and focus it into a smaller area. Whereas, because if it's a wider area, that causes less damage because it's less concentrated. The concentrated area will inflict more damage. Also, because you basically have armor on your fist, you're able to punch harder simply because it won't hurt as much. So combine those two factors, you'll do some damage. You could break And that it's heavy metal. Yes. It's that. You can break bone. You can rupture internal organs. So if you hit someone in the head or the throat or the stomach. Oh my god. The, the solar plexus. The groin. That's how Harry Houdini died. He got punched in the stomach too hard. Mm-hmm. And then he died because he had this trick. He'd be like, punch me as hard as you can. I can take it. Oh and then god. someone did it in the exact right spot and he fucking bled out internally. I thought he died from a heart attack or something. Um, maybe I'm maybe not Harry Houdini. Someone died like that. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I have to double check this now. How did Harry? Yes, Houdini so die? I know somebody died that that way. It was some showman. Harry? No, he didn't die from that. He he. I know. I know that he was like punched. Or <gasps> wait, something. wait. Oh yeah, it was Houdini. Was, like, <laughs> his, his appendix. It ruptured his appendix. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Houdini died from a gut punch. Wait. 
But then yeah, I think he tried to like do he tried to do one of his like escapes and then oh, failed. Oh wait, that, wait. Ruptured. Okay, wait. Ruptured appendix. Two cents critic. You're one stop shop for misinformation. <laughs> I have I have to double double check this. I have to, okay. He was shackled. He, oh okay. Oh, he was stuck on the leg by pieces of faulty equipment. He had a fractured left ankle. Against doctor's orders, he continued his tour. He still had a sore ankle. Uh, oh, oh, at some point, a student named Jay Gordon Whitehead arrived and asked Houdini if it was true that he could resist hard punches to his abdomen, a claim the magician had supposedly made in public. <gasps> mm -hmm. Abruptly delivered four or five terribly forcible, deliberate, well-directed blows to his stomach. I think this guy wanted him dead. Houdini, <laughs> he, like, researched oh my God, a punch to kill Houdini, Houdini just brushed off the incident at the time. Oh my gosh, he brushes off that incident. He brushes off the fucking fractured ankle. Houdini, what the hell? You were not, <laughs> you were not taking care of yourself. Oh my god, you're- Well, also, for the time, do you think that the doctors would have done any better for him? Okay, but- <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like, his appendix had been ruptured, like, days earlier, but he was just, like, slowly being poisoned uh, as he kept, like, going, and he was, like, in really severe pain. Oh my god. And he died on Halloween. Oh my- oh, Yes, he did, he did. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh no. It's so crazy, because, yeah, it's like, to everyone else, it just looked like he just fell over and died, right? But it's like, no, his, his appendix had been ruptured days earlier from that incident. It's like, wow. oh my god. So Houdini's life insurance company was forced to pay, to pay his wife a double indemnity for accidental deaths. Because it was, I mean, it, no one intended yeah. to kill him. It was like, I don't know. Although, pretty painted with his. <laughs> so it, okay, wait, now you bring it up. There's rumors that Houdini may have been murdered. It was on purpose. Yeah, because it's like he punched him in the exact right spots and multiple times. Oh like God. anyone that would that would like ask to do that would just do like one good punch. Be like, ah, <laughs> you, you survived it. But this guy did it multiple times in like a perfect spot to rupture something lethally. Like, wait, that's kind of suspicious. Wait, wait, wait. So now we're saying here in the same article, apparently, while the evidence shows that such a condition is indeed possible, that the blows did cause the burst appendix, many consider it more likely that Whitehead's punches simply caused Houdini to ignore an already existing case of appendicitis. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Who's to say? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I mean, apparently Houdini promised his wife that he would try to communicate with her from beyond the grave. And what, and what amounted to his ultimate test of these spiritualist claims. And his wife, Bess, went on to hold an annual Houdini seance for 10 years. Before finally abandoning the search. Why are you laughing at this? Because this is so lunacy. Before, before, this is before finally abandoning the search in 1936, fans it's and fellow misty. It's so it's so midnight fans, club coded. Fans and fellow musicians have since made the seance a Halloween tradition. But thus far, the great Houdini's ghost has refused to speak. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> wow. We went off on such a tangent there about Harry Houdini, <laughs> thanks to Brass Knuckles. Thanks to Jared. Um, he brought up the uh, Brass Knuckles. Shut up, bitch. Okay, I did. I brought up, I brought up rupturing <laughs> your internal organs. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and in any case, I will not own any Brass Knuckles. <laughs> no, no. 
And then also Howard and the girls gave Sarah a stuffed lemur, and apparently they had to reattach a foot. Which, oh. I'm like, really? And I'm wondering, it, it was probably a real stuffed lemur, right? Not a fake lemur. <laughs> I got no idea. I don't think they mentioned anything about it in commentary. Uh, okay, all the is real. All the is real. <laughs> there's a lot of moments in the, honestly, this is a so off topic kind of, but th- there's a lot of moments in the commentary where they're just totally silent for like long stretches of the film. And I'm like, oh man. <laughs> oh no. You guys to be talking. Like, come on. There's I- plenty of tracks where they talk pretty consistently. But. I want shady commentary. Like, for example, I feel like one of my favorite commentary tracks is mm-hmm. for Monsters University. There's a lot of shouting about that movie. It really gives you insight into Monsters University and uh, the production behind it. Or also Kung Fu Panda as well. That's a good commentary track. Or, mm-hmm. or also Claudia's Chance of Meatballs. I love the commentary track for that one. Bill Hader is, is on that. He's funny on that one. Which one did I like? There was one that I really liked. Let me check my well, I mean, obviously, the Killer Clowns one is pretty good. Mm-hmm. They they were pretty consistent there. They always had something to comment on or something that got cut. Yeah. Factoids. I need to watch more movies with commentary. I normally don't do that. I only really do it if it's a movie I've already seen, like, a gazillion times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. feel like doing it if it's, like, a second, third watch. I need to do that with Trick or Treat next oh, year. Oh, uh, also, National Treasure is a book of secrets. That actually has a good commentary track, too. <laughs> Oh. And then Max opens up his gifts and finds a Krampus bell. And now, ooh. Ooh, what's happening here is the other relatives see it, and we hear snippets of dialogue, of past dialogue from the rest of the movie over the scene. Dialogue of movies past. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and now everyone is like, wait. We're remembering this. Wait, this wasn't just a dream, was it? Was it just a dream? Oh dear, what's happening? And then, as everyone is having this realization, the camera pulls back out through the window. Santa Claus is coming to town place. As we realize, the angled house is trapped inside a snow globe and is stored inside Krampus' workshop full of other snow globes. And we end on a shot of Krampus' minions popping up onto the screen. One final festive jump scare. <laughs> yes, and that's the end so with Krampus carolled out the bells playing over the credits. Also, I listened to the commentary track and they mentioned that at the end, um, the Snow Globe Workshop has tons of like cast and crew house models in the snow globes. There's the psycho house model, the outside neighborhood. Sure. Um, throughout the movie was like almost purely CGI and they didn't want to model a bunch of houses so they've used like specific famous horror movie houses I don't know what they didn't mention any specifics but I can probably safely assume it would be like the Halloween house over here Nightmare on Elm Street Ooh. over there that's <laughs> so cool so. Uh, okay now that we we've reached the ending now I love it like again when I realized this happened I was like Okay, you won me back. I'm adding the extra half star. It's not going to be just four stars. <laughs> what do we make of the ending? Do we think they're in like a purgatory that's going to oh, just relive Christmas fine. Day over and over? Or? That's my interpretation. No, I think that he spared them and really? keeping an eye on them. 
that Could that's be. like what I read, what I read about it, and that's an inter- that's an interpretation I agree with. He's those are like families that he's keeping an eye on because maybe he spared them or something like that, and and he's just making sure that they are like absolutely good. Because no. <laughs> now it's like <laughs> he he's not the vigilant type. He's not Santa. Well, since the psycho house out. is there, do we think Norman Bates uh, still believes in Christmas spirit? Or <laughs> <laughs> what's his stance? <laughs> yes, the, no, but I think the psycho house is and this end thing this is like that's just a random little thing to plop in there why why well you gotta you gotta fill it up with something yeah just a little thing there's like but i think that's the thing where it's like yeah he's not santa he doesn't monitor everybody he only comes out when he's summoned and so i think that his little thing is specifically houses that he's monitoring just to make sure that they comply (laughs) uh okay that's interesting interesting because of you, because personally, I go with the purgatory uh, interpretation. That was what pops into my head right away when I saw this, and it still sticks with me now. I just feel like that's personally for me the more satisfying ending because the other ending was just like, oh, I, okay. At least if Krampus, if it's the ending where Krampus keeps an eye on them, at least the events of the movie so happens. So it's not like it's all just a fantasy. It's not. It wasn't all just a dream. It still happened, and Krampus is now just keeping an eye on them. But I like me a darker ending in this case. <laughs> you know, especially for a Christmas, you know, horror comedy. You know, I love this comedy comedy in this movie, but I want the horror kind of coming too. I want the the dark ending, the grim ending, and especially in a PG thirteen one. This is their their little sneak of a dark edgy thing in there yeah and enough yeah, why it's also mainly because like the song choice very deliberate because yeah. it's like warning people like behave because santa claus is watching is watching so like i think that's also something yeah and I, that's why it surprised me to learn about michael doherty's uh, reading of the movie where it's like oh yeah you know he reads it as Krampus is keeping an eye on the family which, which surprised me you know so that's why, you know, personally, I go with a purgatory ending, which is terrifying to think about. Imagine just being stuck with your family. Stuck with your family. And that's no glow to live out Christmas eternally. Ugh. Uh, nothing worse for Misty. Yeah. <laughs> which, okay, but the, okay, also, if it is the ending where the angles are spared. Okay, wait, is it angles or angels? Angels. Angels. Okay, I've been, I've been saying Because that's it's a uh, German okay. word for angel. Okay. So it's like angel. Chris oh. Angel. I didn't make it. I didn't make that connection until now. Okay. Yes, I do like that. It's one of my favorite Rammstein songs. <laughs> angel. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so be your devil or your angel. Uh. <laughs> Krampus be like. <laughs> uh, okay. So if the angel was spared. Does that mean the other people would spare it too, like Derek's family and the delivery guy, or are they still dead? I mean, they would have to be. I mean, we pretty explicitly saw Stevie thrown into fucking hell. <laughs> so, <laughs> what other fate could be worse than that for the other people? That That's why it's fr- like, I don't from. think it would make sense for them to be like in purgatory now because like they were clearly dragged into hell. Like, I don't think there would be another fate for them after that. Like, I think it would be. If he decided to spare them, it's like, okay, fine, I'll bring them all back. But, you know, watch yourself. Because uh, then, yeah, I mean, it, would, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't really 
be it kind of is like a cop out. It's like, oh, they're they're supposed to be in hell. That that's that's his thing. That's the thing. That's his lore. He drags people to hell. He does these things or he kills them. Uh, it never mentions anything of like a purgatory but, and like the lore. But even then, so it's like he got mad because Sam Raimi cramped his style. Krampus to style will drag me to hell. <laughs> but I, but I, I, but I would like them to be in purgatory though, because then, then it also takes away the impact from them being quote unquote killed off earlier. You know, mm-hmm. if they're even yeah, killed that's why off, it's, like, it's, I don't think it's, it's still up for debate. I mean, yeah. the dead meat kill count they they count them as kidnappings too, because they never really explicitly say anything <laughs> about yeah. what happens to them. Yeah. Yeah. Ever really, except uh, for with Stevie yeah. and Max, uh. they just get everybody just gets yoinked off screen. Literally, yeah, He's yoinked up the chimney, yoinked into the snow, yoinked out the window. I like. wanted, and I wanted more vicious kills, ah, explicit kills. And then they just really wanted to make this like a sort of family friendly sort of horror. Yeah, they they mentioned especially because it's Christmas. Yeah, they meant they like, mentioned it wanted they wanted it to be like a, a to get the kids into horror. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think that does good with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still very much like, creepy and unsettling. And, oh, dude, if uh, I, I saw that, that fucking with... clown as a kid, oh, it's so <laughs> over. That plus both no, guys. No, it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, at least the, like, that's the thing. Like, they didn't skimp out on, like, the creature oh, yeah. designs. They sure made that's them very, very terrifying. Wonderful. But in general, it's very tame with, like, the violence. And I think that that's... That's enough for, for for like a family friendly thing. Just to have very scary monsters. Yeah. Uh, if they start putting in the violence, that's where the parents are like, no, yeah. no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, and we didn't quite talk about this, but what about the creature design for Krampus himself? I like the design. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, so much. I love specifically that he's got like this mask on. The mask. You yes. you don't ever really see his actual face, and you can see his eyes blinking behind it. Oh, so cool. So it's just this, cool. just like, this, like, sagging skin mask. It's so freaking Dude, cool. Dude, after yeah. I saw the movie for the first time, I would literally stalk around the house with, like, a drapey blanket on me, <laughs> pretending to be him. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like a thing where it's like, yeah, he's, like, the shadow of Santa Claus. Like, he has, like, Santa's face mm-hmm. in a way, but Very... he's still this, like, demon creature. Yeah. Chainsaw so Massacred. Yeah, exactly. It's like he's just posing as Santa, but he's this—he's this like it's this—he's like, animalistic. Creature. Yeah, he's the underbelly of this thing that, on the surface, everybody knows and loves. But you peel that back, and you know, there's this darker side to it that no one talks the, about. The horns, yeah, the horns, the nail, and stuff. Chains. It's way creepier than just having him be like a just showing his like creature design entirely because it's like you're confronting like santa but not santa it's just this very like solid reflection of like oh you to remind him like you disobeyed like you forgot the spirit of christmas you killed this christmas spirit it's a good very literal physical maybe not externalization but like mm-hmm. metaphor for what Krampus is. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Also, the, ah, I just remembered um, in the be- in the behind the scenes how much of a fucking nightmare it was to be in that Krampus suit, controlling yeah. it. Really? it. It looked like a tough job, man. They had there's like I forget where the cameras are, but like there would be a camera that would I think it's in the not the beard, but like that kind of area that would show the person who's inside on a little screen what 
is going on in front of them but yeah the just watching I can tell it's just this big ginormous thing and it's like how the fuck do you maneuver yeah, that thing watching those behind the scenes it is not a job for the weak faint Ooh. of heart <laughs> no it's like i was when i was like looking at this uh at the at the concept art it has like a little bit of that commentary in there and, and he and then like michael dirty talks about like how exciting it was to like see it actually in person and, and just to think it's this guy <laughs> in there it's literally oh, like those movies where someone's being controlled or the cartoons where like someone's being controlled by an alien and they just pop open a little <laughs> a little <laughs> compartment and there's just a little guy twiddling <laughs> controls like that's <laughs> literally what the krampus suit was yeah, he's like Krampus sauntering onto set like they had just dragged him out of his trailer. Yeah. It's like his real Krampus just, just like, oh, I'm here again. God Krampus, damn. we need to get you into hair and makeup. <laughs> oh, fart. It's like, Krampus, <laughs> you, oh, oh my God. You know, you, it's like, I'm not leaving my chains, though. They come with me. Scoundrel. I'm crafty. <laughs> oh. A bit of film school film knowledge for you. The actor who played the voice of Krampus, Gideon Emery, has quite a healthy catalogue with live action roles and movies or television roles, including a bit of role in Daredevil or... Oh, wait, as who? Or as a... Uh, just, oh, just like a, a very small role in a couple episodes. And it's Harley Ranskahoff. as just like a prob- probably some minion character. Daredevil, and... hold on, Harley... He was also a recurring character on the Netflix Christmas series Dash and Lily. How do you spell that? Harley? <laughs> uh, Gideon Emery. Gideon V I D E O N Emery E M E R Y. I wonder if I've seen this guy already in the show. Cause I, just I mean, I, I mean, if you've, if you've ever seen Dash oh, and Lily. That guy? What? What the fuck? <laughs> I had no wait, idea. Wait, what do you recognize him from? From I just googled the Daredevil thing. Oh, That's Daredevil like episode one, yeah. Oh, episode. Oh, okay. That's okay. like episode one when they're meeting with um. I forget. I forget her name, but she's like part of the hand. Oh, mm. wait, wait. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'll send you the picture. Wait, and you'll probably. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know them. I know them. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely recognize those bitches. <laughs> They're like literally in oh! like a few shots, but it's like, oh, yes! that guy. Yes, okay, yes. Okay, okay, yes, I remember now, I remember now. Okay, I do nice. like, yes, I like that. Man, uh, that was such a good show. God. Oh, also, Gideon Emery was on Teen Wolf, plays the Italian Teen Wolf <laughs> TV show with Dylan O'Brien. Very nice, very nice. Also, he's also had Cedar credits, voiceover roles. Oh, he was also in How to Train Your Dragon 2. How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yay. How to Train Your Dragon The Hidden World. Lovely. I must not speak or I will be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, 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 Jared. Yeah, Jared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Please keep your lips closed. You shut your fucking mouth, you hear me? Gideon Emery also played a knight of Iacon in Transformers last night. He's got some. Oh, so, uh, holy crap, a lot of video game credits. Skyrim. Very nice. I feel like Several everyone and their mom characters. is in Skyrim. Or Elder Scrolls. <laughs> and, then, and there's a lot of characters, too. It's not really just Wow, <laughs> very nice, very nice. Oh, That's really Fallout cool. 76, Lego Marvel Superhero, Skylanders, Super Chargers, Call of Duty, Advanced Warfare, Diablo 3. Audiobooks. He has audiobook credits, too. 
<laughs> yes, love to see it. Very prolific. Yes, yeah. As long as he didn't do the um, ballad of song for this. <laughs> <laughs> la la la. Oh. La la. Uh, oh, also, 24. <laughs> he had a, apparently, he was, he was in an episode of 24. Yo, Jedi Survivor. Uh, wow, true blood, good behavior. Modern Warfare oh 2. Gosh. He was in an episode of, he was in one episode of Blacklist. Cookie Run? Isn't uh, Chelsea in Cookie Run? I think oh. I, I know she was camp at, at the very least heavily campaigning to be in there. <laughs> I don't know if that ever got... Oh, he's in Fallen Order, too. It was different... Wow. Huh. He's in Scream, the TV series. Oh, oh Scream Resurrection? Oh, oh, dear. He's in, he's in five episodes of Scream Resurrection? Um, oh, dear. Y'all. <laughs> wow. He's looking through his freaking, his freaking filmography. Uncharted, The Lost Legacy. Hey, hey. Oh, okay. Very nice, Krampus. Very Uncharted nice. 4. He did additional voices for The Last of Us. Yo, let's go. And Mad Max, the video wow. game. Cool. Oh. Cool guy. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, wow. Krampus. Uh, yes, <laughs> so, we have talked a lot about the movie. We've gone into the whole plot. Are there any additional thoughts you want to offer? What's well, a fun fact you wanted to like blow? Or I already did that. Jared. Was that wait, Was that it? Uh, gingerbread man. Oh come on, man! You're like, oh, let's get a pig. Yeah, because it's like, fucking it's Seth I should, Green. I should come offer on, up. Man. I should. I should yeah, offer but... up the fun fact that apparently the masks, the flesh masks that Krampus wears, is supposed to appear like Santa Claus. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely the vibe I got from it. It's just this like very demented Santa skin suit. <laughs> um, just, I guess just a fun fact from the commentary: the department store in the beginning was actually a, a hardware store like Home Depot, but they had to redress. You can kind of tell it doesn't really look like a, a one of those kinds of stores. Oh, when you do watch uh, it, it definitely looks like a fucking, like, Lowe's, <laughs> Home Depot, like. It's fine, though. Uh, I mean, yeah. Regardless, it's still the chaos. <laughs> <gasps> I think they just, I think it helps because, like, they needed, like, the space for it, too. Because, like, if you have, like, these, like, regular department stores, it would have been mm, very, way, 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 way messier. <laughs> well, again, I love this movie quite a bit. Just, oh, the atmosphere. The terror, the laughs, the practical effects, the lighting, the set design, as I said for the cast. A lot of great stuff here. Oh, I do have a question. Oh, though. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. how, did, did either of you actually know at all anything about Krampus before seeing the movie? Yes, yeah, I did. Yes, I loved Krampus yeah. before I saw Very this. Good. That was why I was so clued in on it. I was like, oh, a Krampus movie. I'll watch the trailer, whatever. Oh, Adam Scott. Oh, the clown. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good. No, like, for me, like, my, my mom just got into, like, when she got, like, really religious, she just, like, started looking into, like, the pagan, <laughs> like, origins of holidays and crap, and, and Halloween, and, uh, 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 that it was, um, Samhain, and all that, and then Christmas, of course, and then that's what I learned about Krampus, and it's like, oh, Ooh. wow, and it was, like, literally the year before the movie came out, and so when it was being... Uh, promoted, I was like, oh, that guy. I just I know about him now. <laughs> I do remember going up to my mom and be like, we gotta go see Krampus. And she was like, N no, why? I was like, but it's Krampus. And she's it's like, 
what? And I was like, he Lampus. beats up kids with sticks. <laughs> like, we gotta see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, He's like, he doesn't quite do that here, but still very, very uh, demented. Yes, <laughs> yes. I genuinely knew about Krampus before seeing the movie years ago. I was just like, yeah, Krampus, the folklore figure. Basically, you know, it's a very, very dark version of Santa coming to punish naughty mm-hmm. children. Yes, yes. I knew about Krampus. Mm-hmm. And... The bulk of the lore that I knew about was that he stuffed them in his bag. And yeah. Like whenever I kid that it was kids, very much stuff them in a bag, beat him with a stick, walk away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not very um, unlike my school experience. No, I'm kidding. Oh, wow. Well, that is interesting. No, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I kid, I kid, I kid. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I was not beaten with sticks. Okay, okay, but that is Krampus. I'll see you after the podcast, sweetie. We need to talk. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, cut that out. Cut that out, Arthur. I'm gonna say very bad words now, so you have to cut it. Fuck ass. <laughs> that's actually um what they would do on uh, the great british bake-off when when like uh um when a contestant would get really flustered and embarrassed and they like literally did not want it to be shown the producers won't listen to that so the two hosts sue perkins and mel gedroich would like just sit there going like fuck her bitch ass so they couldn't put the take in <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't put that scene Very in. Nice. Oh my goodness! To protect the contestant. Oh, oh, oh! I do like I do I do like the fun though. I do like sharing it out. Oh, well, that is Krampus. Our breakdown of the movie now. A very tangential. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun editing it, buddy. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. I'll shave off probably like fifteen minutes. You know, that's usually how much I shave off shave uh, off of these episodes. But one more question I gotta ask before we move on to good word. Do you remember who the character Lila Fleege is from Paranormal Activity: The Ghost Dimension? Oh Jesus! No. Not by name. I'm talking. <laughs> well, well, I'm once. talking specifically to Jared more because he watched. I know he watched I, a lot of movies. The, the, w- Ghost Dimension <laughs> was my f- absolute least favorite movie, <laughs> not just paranormal. <laughs> it's a f- I e Okay, well, I was asking. <laughs> I was asking because Layla is played by Ivy George, who did the voice for Post to Sheriff. And Krampus. Oh. oh, the little girl. I don't know. I just her name here is Layla. Layla Fleas. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The little girl in Ghost Dimension. Huh. What do you know? Interesting. Apparently, in 2016, well, she was nominated at the 37th Young Artist Awards for the movie for Ghost Dimension. Oh, that was only like a couple months before, too. Well, I'm glad she's gone on to do greater projects than Ghost Dimension. <laughs> Even yep. a couple months later. Yes. Good for her. <laughs> oh, her first acting role was opposite Robin Williams on his last television series before his death. Oh. Yes, yes. She went on to guest star on other TV series, including Kirby Buckets and Adrian Carter. She's Yo, a- Kirby Buckets! Yes. Goated show. I don't know what that <laughs> is. It's, bef- it's, it's after your time. You're too old. <laughs> She's then appeared... Dried up hag. She then appeared and Girl Meets World and Big Little Lies. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking beat this bitch up right after. <laughs> <gasps> 
Do it. Do, do it. You need to teach me how to dance. Get out of the, get out of the, the, oh, the duct tape. You must get out of the duct tape. I will. I will, uh, yeah. You and your duct tape. <laughs> oh, you know I love things with duct I'm tape. I'm so excited for a good word. Yay. I'm so excited. I've had it prepared this whole time. I'm so ready. Whoa, there was nothing Misty, else. Misty, do you know what I'm going to do for good word? You can cut this out. I just want to know if you have any idea. I'm not. Oh, I'm not cutting this out. I love this. Weird, yeah, okay. I, I love this weird, weird banter between you two silly human beings. I don't beings. know, Jared. I don't fucking know. Ah, uh, come on. Why would I All know? Right, well, I'll let you go first in good word. <laughs> okay. Well, good word. This is the segment where we each get to recommend something—a book, a movie, a TV show, a podcast, music, anything we want. So, Misty. What is your good word? I mean, so I was like contemplating between a few things. I mean, I'm just going to go with something boring. Not boring. Uh, just, you know, just because I, I, I only recently saw it and it hasn't really come out in theaters yet. But I guess, yeah, just fucking Saltburn. Because it was, I'm gonna think about it for a very, very long time. <laughs> it was, it's a demented, crazy uh just it's not at all what i mean i was gonna say like the trailer if you if you've seen the trailer for it you're not spoiling yourself entirely like there's still so much that this movie throws at you and i love when that happens because so many times trailers show way too much and it's pretty much spot on to what the movie's about all the plot points all the important things so i like that it seriously misled me and and Dax, my friend, uh, we were both seriously like, oh, yeah, this just did not ruin it at all for us. Uh, so if you do get a chance to see it, because it's being, has a wide release after Thanksgiving, yeah, go check out Saltburn, because it's awesome, and it has hot people, and it's filmed really, really well. Love the cinematography for it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Why the <laughs> hell did you need to say that right now? <laughs> like you want to pay that off. Jared, oh no, you DM something, didn't you? You know what's gonna happen to you. You know what's gonna fucking happen. Yes, Missy. You need to. Punish, I'll see you punish, later. Punish him. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. You wish, as you were saying. Nothing. You ruined my train of thought. <laughs> so Saltburn. Saltburn. Yes, please check it out. Lots of hot people and. Really nice things. <laughs> uh, Barry Keon, yes, so I love him. Oh my god, uh, them, that that final, that final scene. There's um, You're, uh, there's a clip of him and Jacob Ellardy. Is that how you say it? Ellardy. Um, on the red carpet, and they like lean in to kiss. <laughs> I was like, ooh! <laughs> I like, I like yeah. leaned in. I was like, oh! I Did you? <laughs> I saw that, yeah. Well, it's because that's something I. This is one of those movies where it's like I wanna, I wanna say like, oh, uh, it's it's queer, but it's like ah! there's definitely a lot of homoeroticism, but it's it's very. You, you want my gay seal of approval on it? No, it's just that it's, <laughs> that's why I, you it want spoil, me to see it. It would it would it would spoil it would spoil. Sort of the big thing, big sort of twist no. of this movie, I guess. Not really twist. It when you watch it, it immediately tells you exactly what this movie is about, and it's not very much like the trailer. Uh, so it's like it, 
it, it's just, yeah, homoeroticism, it's not, po- I wouldn't call it like a positive queer good time. It's malicious, just very, uh, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> oh. Wow. Saltburn is your good word, Misty. And now, there is. Yes. What are you so pumped to deliver to us? Well, well, have I got the thing for you. <laughs> Um, I didn't know this until I put in the Naughty Cut Blu-ray to rewatch it for this podcast and put on the audio commentary and saw that uh, Zach Shields is is a co-writer on Krampus, which is perfect because Zach Shields is also responsible for one of my all-time favorite two-man band albums of all time from 2009. Oh my god, with, yeah, you mentioned it. Oh god. With, with Ryan uh, Gosling called Dead Man's Bones. It oh is my god. one of my favorite albums of all time. He's, and he's nobody about, knows about it. Part of that? Yeah. Shields? Yep. Zach Shields and Ryan Gosling made a band in 2009 and put out one single album and it slaps. Wow. And I love it. And, and they haven't done anything. Yeah, yet. no one ever mentions it. One wow. person, one one interviewer um, mentioned it to um, Ryan Gosling during the Barbie junket. I was like, "When? When's Dead Man's Bones?" And he seemed taken aback. He was like, "What the fuck? People listen to that? <laughs> People want more of that?" And I'm like, "Yes, I want more." So if you are still riding high on your Ryan Gosling music kick from Barbie wow. or La La Land, if you still listen to that, and you need more Ryan Gosling music, go listen to Dead Man's Bones, because it is top tier. Ah, oh, so good. Wow. Especially if you like horror and like Halloween-y stuff. It's like a very... Oh, yeah, it's very much like a fall Halloween-y vibe it's album. It's very yeah. much like a like a creepy, like, just Ooh. so good. So good. Some of my favorite songs of all time. Wow, I was not expecting you to deliver that to us today. Yes. Oh yeah, he mentioned it. He mentioned it. I forgot yep. about that detail. And then when you said Zach Shields, I was like, oh, oh my god, yeah, this Because I, I knew that that oh. like I'm not gonna lie, I kind of listened to Dead Man's Bones mostly for Ryan Gosling because he's like more well known, and I knew that Zachary Shields or Zach Shields did stuff in film as well, but I've never like seen projects with his name attached to it i never connected him to krampus or anything so i put in the blu-ray and i saw zach shields and i was like oh shit <laughs> well like i was like i know this person I like, well i know what my good word is mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well uh, i am very glad to hear you offer up that good word yes yes that man's bones Alrighty. bones bones Bones, bones, bones. That's one of their songs. <laughs> oh, I now will have my... Pressured me into listening to their album. <laughs> I now will have my good word. Although, I do want to say first, I've got to say this earlier, I like how Adam Scott pops up in a lot of different things. A lot of different genres. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you you might see him in a, in a dumb comedy like Step Brothers. You might see him in a horror comedy like Krampus. You might see him in a drama slash thriller like Severance on Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> you, you'll see him in Madam Web. I love him. He's my blur bone. I refuse to watch... I, I'm very conflicted. As Ben Parker? That's something, <laughs> Supposedly, that's something I could yeah. also kind of plug, I guess. Uh, I, I'm, 
it's it's a weird thing. It's like I don't know. It's one of those things where I love I love an actor sort of inherently too much to see him do bad things. So it's like I I I want to see flower for him and for for Zoe Deutsch, but it's like ah the content. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to witness it. Wait, 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 flower. Oh, flower. Okay, flower. Yeah, yeah. Because it's okay. like it's he's he. It's not like I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. But it's like hinted he might be a, playing a pedophile in it, so it's like I don't want that in my yeah. life. Uh, but I, I feel like I don't know. I love Zoe Deutsch so much, so it's like I don't. I feel like I have to, but I don't want to see him play a pedophile. Uh. <laughs> may or may not be. I don't know. But I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, but it's like hinted. It's. I'll just say, Misty, you're gonna you're gonna love Adam Scott in Parks and Rec when we binge that. I'm sure. It's yes, so I've good. seen. I'm, I know. Probably, probably. Oh. But yes, I love him so much. Uh, yes, yes, hilarious. He's funny, charming. Yes, yes. But now, time for a good word. My good word is gonna be the killer. The new David Fincher movie that's on Netflix. I really had a good time with this movie, and I was kind of worried because I was like. Because there are some reviews out there that kind of made me think, oh no, am I not going to enjoy this? But then I did. I enjoyed it very much. You've got David Fincher bringing in the coldness, his meticulous style, it's a slow burn ride, and I love the score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. It's funny because it was like, I liked the score well enough when I was watching the movie, but then I listened to the score by itself, and I'm like, oh, I am vibing with this so much, especially to track fuck. I love how it's just titled that, fuck, which is, even though it's a period at the end. And I also like seeing people's reactions to it online as, as people watch it, how they're pointing out the ways in which this, this can be viewed as a, through a darkly comedic lens, which is something I didn't, it didn't hit me as strongly as it did for other people. So on rewatch, I feel like I'll concentrate more on the dark comedy aspects and see how it hits for me. But I really enjoyed The Killer. Especially those first 20 minutes, especially because, you know, like, I am the kind of person who is very, like, scrupulous, who loves routines and just loves breaking down the details of why you do things and why you do the routines. So it's really nice to just see all of that happen in a movie and even just to have Michael Fassbender's voiceover narration just playing over the movie as as she's just, just, like, laying out all the details and just playing this completely, like, just completely cold-blooded killer and it was a again really, really enjoyed it it does pale in comparison to other fiction movies it's not necessarily a criticism of the movie itself it's more just shining light on how impressive his oeuvre is like he, he's had movies like the social network seven zodiac the game mm-hmm. you know movies like that where it's like holy crap these are some incredibly strong movies so it makes it so that so that a simply good movie like the killer doesn't shine as strongly by comparison, but it doesn't take away from how much I enjoyed the movie itself, and I like the supporting cast pops up. Tilda Swinton does does a good job with her limited role. Oh, you made me sad. <laughs> what, what happened? What happened? I'm just remembering because you mentioned Tilda Swinton. You remember? You, I'm remembering that that Problemista is most likely not going to come out this year and will most likely be pushed until next year. I don't know if they ever... Oh, Problemista is right. I'm so <laughs> sad, man. I, I'm i so sad. I'm crushed. I was so excited for it. Better Lee will be in it. I forgot about that. Oh, that's nice. I need it in 
my life. I need that Salvadorian representation in my life. Like, please, I need it. Yes. Please. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was so excited for it. And the trailer was like playing so often before movies. I was like, oh, it's almost oh. out. And then the strike happened. And I'm like, no. Oh. <laughs> I, just, I just, I just, I just want to see it. I just, I just, I just want to see the, the Salvadorian queer kid doing stuff. Like, yeah. please, I want to. I feel like we're gonna get every few years. There's gonna be some bullshit reason that all the movies get delayed for for a month. It just pisses me off because this is like it's like something I was like really personally, mm. personally excited mm. about. Not a lot of people really were in general, but it's like I mean, for me, it's like it's everything, and I really wanted to see it. Uh, it's just so sad. We came off the heels of COVID, like finally movies are back. Twenty twenty two was amazing, <gasps> and then twenty twenty three is like, oh, now here's a strike, and everything is delayed again. Like uh, uh, we still have some movies out right now, but man, if. Yeah. Twenty two. If end of twenty twenty three didn't get fucking obliterated. Yeah. Oh, man. What I'm concerned oh. about is the whole thing with like, yeah, these movies that are getting pushed back, especially these smaller movies that already had so much promotion before the strike. Are they going to play the trailer again for a while, or are they just going to drop it because then they're going to drop it in theaters? People are going to forget it was ever going to come out, and then they won't they, see it. That's they my probably thought. could. I can't remember what my theater did when, because um. Across the Spider-Verse got delayed and we were already showing the trailers for it. And I remember, I remember when I, when that news broke, I was getting cashed out by my manager and I was just like, uh oh. And he's like, what? And I was like, across the Spider-Verse got delayed. And he's like, God damn it. I'll go pull the trailer. <laughs> but it's like a big movie. That's a very yeah, big I don't, movie where I like, don't they're remember. going to freaking push the marketing well, like as soon as they're ready. That's the thing. I don't but remember if we re- reprogrammed the trailer back in. Oh, uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, it's like that. It's like, I don't know if that tends to happen when this ha- when this situation comes up. Because I know that for New Mutants especially, that, that thing was like delayed to hell and back. And I remember I saw that trailer oh, no. very early. Oh, no. And then I never saw it again until it came out. And it's like, I yeah, think... I'm pretty sure I'm one of the only people that remember this movie is coming no. out. I think I felt the opposite. <laughs> I feel like I saw New Mutants being advertised the whole fucking time. You just saw this like really sad, like horse being beaten of like this movie's coming out we promise and i'm like is it are we sure no for me it was like a few a few like like a month or two like after the trailer came out and then there was a poster at the movie theater for the longest time after the trailer stopped playing and then every time i walked down to the lobby i'm like yeah, when this when's this shit coming out? They still have the poster. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> specifically how it went with promotion for that. I just remember the speculation around it. Oh my goodness, new music. And oh. now nobody ever talks about it ever. Because it was so bad. Anya Taylor's voice in it. Yeah. Oh my god. I wife. literally forget like... about it. Like I go to list all the X Men movies because I'm like trying to collect the Blu-rays or something, and I'm like. Da, 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 and then Dark Phoenix, and that's it. And then I'm like, oh shit, yeah, New Mutants. Forgot about that one. <laughs> Do you have it? No. Oh. <laughs> it, the only X Men I have is um, the two trilogies and Logan. Because oh, they've God. been hard oh. to get. Those trilogy box sets weren't available for years. I think it's because of the Fox Disney merger, and then oh, Disney like yeah. shut it down, but you couldn't get it for a while. I tried. But 
I couldn't. Uh, I want them. They they put them back in stock. I think they like quietly were like, because it was so convenient. Disney announced they were going back into Blu-rays and like the next day, the trilogy box sets were back up. And I was like, huh. Uh, <laughs> okay, Disney. <laughs> and, then, and then even with the, the strike, you know, obviously the strike was necessary. But now it's like I'm wor- I'm worrying about the SAG after deal too because now as I'm le- as I'm learning yeah. more info about mm-hmm. like the AI stuff specifically and how apparently the wording is sketchy they can still use generative AI oh but what's your consent which is like but they yeah. can twist the consent around but that's still better than what we had because I'm oh, it's, I'm, it's better. I'm gonna write an argumentative paper about this for my final project but it's better it's better than what we have now because literally for the Flash they told them you either do this scan or you go home without pay yeah which it's not totally forcing you but it's forcing you yeah <laughs> and i just you know i wish they, i wish they also could have could have squeezed in the residual as well mm-hmm. it's like you know the deal it's better than what they had before but there are some pieces where it's like eh, you know i wish it could be better and Ah, studios let's stop being so greedy let go of your money you make enough already yep Wow. Uh, woe is me. We've been, <laughs> we've been talking so much now. The good word is over. And now, I want to thank you so much for coming back onto the show to discuss Krampus. And now you get to yeah. promote yourselves. <laughs> promote where people can find you online on any social media platforms. I am on Letterboxd. I always have to look up my like socials because like it's the same on everything, but it's a little bit different because sometimes it's taken. Um, I am on. What? what? Hmm? Why the fuck would it be taken? I don't know, but Cookie Baba <laughs> is taken on some services, streaming, streaming social media. Um, I am on Letterboxd uh, as Cookie Baba, and I am on Twitter. As Cookie Baba YT, uh, I always say I'm not active on Twitter, but you can follow me if you want to. That's kind of my Twitter is slowly becoming a David Zaslav hate page. <laughs> so, if you want to see ramblings of of me yelling at old men, old white men with money, then yeah, check out my Twitter. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, that's that's Jared, and now Misty. I'm pretty sure mine is the same, like across like most platforms. Let me just double check. Let me let me make sure. I really need to start uh, doing yeah. this before I come on here. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Misty Rose, Misty Rose ninety eight on Letterboxd and Twitter, and then Misty Rose VA on TikTok. Uh, I don't really use TikTok much uh, anymore, but sometimes I upload stupid, dumb stuff, and I want to do my annual edit of my favorite movies that i've watched over the year looking forward to that because i have plans and it's it's just so so fun i just love i've loved doing that every year since i started it literally i've only done two of those but it's so fun that's like the only thing i consistently do now (laughs) everything else is just random but uh yeah i'm also not really active on twitter but uh uh I'm not just not a social media person. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not movie social media, I don't want it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, that's the only thing I can can, can count on. <laughs> uh, well, as for my socials, which is funny when you mentioned Jared being all anti-Zaslav <laughs> anti, uh, and maybe saying, well, 
I'm kind of on the same route, except I'm being all pro-Palestinian and anti-Zionist. Oh yeah, I see you clogging up my feet, Arthur. But thank you for keeping me informed. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, you know, I do retreat a lot about about Palestine, and I'm like, hmm, I do wonder how how much of my mission boards, my, my followers, are seeing my retreats. <laughs> oh, I see everything. I don't know why my Twitter is specifically like, here's Arthur's Palestine tweets, look at them! <laughs> But not not complaining, but it's just sure, it's sure. just funny to see how how common it is. There's another account of someone that I follow that's like purely doing that now too. So just the two of you just constantly. <laughs> and apparently Arthur has some very naughty stuff on his feet as well, as evidenced by what you post. Now, no, no, <laughs> I will, I will, I will object to that. All I do really is just posting about the movies I watch and the Palestine stuff. Then how did that Oscar the Grouch on Big Taylor Swift image get on your feet? Tell me now. Oh my God, I was wondering if someone was someone was going to say that, but and you. How did that happen? Uh, no, seriously though, one of my mission boards retweeted it, so mm, that's how. It oh, happened. of course, of course. Oh, yeah. sure. I that or like I thought that or like little comments did on it. It was some. You're like oh. It was someone else. Yeah. Arthur's feet is messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trust me. Uh, no, no. I do, I do not click on stuff like that. I, I do not like stuff. I, I see it, but I do not like it. Or we tweet it. I don't know. Of course. You just wanted to infect our brains. If I had to see it, so do you. <laughs> it is very bad. Arthur is Arthur's very mischievous. Like that. I'm that too, but I have the fortune of not seeing many things like that. <laughs> so it's very rare for me to do that. Oh, well, listeners, if you want my socials, you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram as two underscores as critic. You can follow my personal accounts on Twitter, GoodPods, StoryGraph, Letterboxd, and TikTok at Arthur underscore and 18. You can find me on Goodreads at Arthur Howell. If you want to email me, you can reach me at email twocentscritic at yahoo.com. You can also check out my blog at twocentscritic.com. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever there's a podcast, whether it's on Spotify, iTunes, GoodPods, uh, CastBox, all of those services. And make sure you really do the ratings and reviews because they truly spread us podcasters throughout the ears, throughout the human beings, not just my show, but with shows, podcasts, and general indie podcasters. And once again, thank you so much for this first episode, coming back on this very first episode of the Two Cents Critic Merry Month. Yay! Yay! Happy holidays! Woo! Yes. And I've com- I completely forgot to mention this earlier, but when this drops, it'll be on December 6th, which is one day after Krampus Day. Ooh, and that's Yay. also the last day of my classes in my first semester of film school. Yay. <laughs> so exciting. Hell yeah. Oh, so fun. So fun with you two, as always. Troublesome mischievous. <laughs> and until next time, stay healthy and stay strong. <laughs>